I'm Review Cultist. I'm Mikey, the East Ends are evil. And I'm the Gamer in Yellow. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. And tonight we have Continuing the Cold Relic Stories with the Liminal Warehouse. So, uh, we're back again. Uh, the Liminal Warehouse, it's by... Well, it's posted by DigiGecko on creepasta.wiki. Uh, and it's by Tyler, question mark, on Cold Relic site. Technically, it's Boris, <laughs> because most of the story is written by that character. Yeah. Um, but Tyler is the person that's actually writing these stories? <laughs> question mark? He's posting them and, like, putting yeah. everything together, yeah. Gotta love the anonymity of uh, of the internet <laughs> and, like, trying to figure out who wrote what. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's the best. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we're doing uh, the next installment of the Cold Relic Stories, The Liminal Warehouse. Uh, so if you'd like to go check it out, you can check it out at the creepypasta.wiki page or on the Cold Relic's official website. Uh, and I will dive into my rundown. So it's been a few years since the Signal Intercept story. And a reluctant Boris has been badgered by a persistent Tyler to recount the experience Boris had when he and Jack, who you'll remember was from the Kitty Land stories, mm-hmm. um, went to Ukraine to look for that site Tyler brought up in at the end of the previous entry. Uh, Boris and Jack get a local guide at a small village in rural Ukraine where a mysteriously large warehouse-like facility stands hidden, both physically and digitally, from the world in the woods. They sneak in at night, since there are security cameras still monitoring the place. Uh, Fortunately, their guide, called Laszlo, has snuck in before to scavenge materials to sell. Uh, they, They get inside and find a massive warehouse area, and deeper within, inside another massive enclosure. It's just a, ma- a, ma- a Matryoshka doll. <laughs> um, it's just like, yo, dog, I heard you like warehouses, so I put a warehouse in your warehouse. <laughs> um, yeah, or uh, it's not so much a warehouse. Like, it's, it's also described as like one of those like aircraft hangers. So it's like kind of got like, uh, apparently, uh, I think it's like supposed to be like a domed roof. Or uh, not a domed roof, but like a, a curved roof. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, inside this secondary enclosed space, uh, which is like like a like pretty a pretty massive expanse, uh, is a replica of an American town, Main Street, uh, from the '80s. They use flashlights, even though the place supposedly has power, because there's something bad about the lights, according to Laszlo. Uh, Laszlo appears to be holding down some secrets that he doesn't want to say to the gang, but. They're, they're willing to follow him anyway. While exploring, the lights come on, <laughs> uh, including some strangely designed streetlights that create bubbles of like hard light, hard-edged purple-pink light that encompass large parts of the street and the fake buildings. Um, being told not to approach the lights by 
a very suspicious and nervous Laszlo, and finding that Boris's dosimeter that he brought uh, is clicking near uh, when when they are near the bubbles. They decide to attempt to leave by jumping over the rooftops of the fake buildings. Um, it is here that they find the idiots that turned on the lights, uh, some drunk German tourists urban exploring in the place at the same the same night that they happen to be exploring this place. Um, they walk through the uh, these these Germans walk through the lights unaware of the dangers, and that danger becomes very apparent when a strange mechanical tiger bot comes pouncing through the strange lights and only through the lights. It, like it only exists when it is in those bubbles of light. Um, and after some harrowing encounters um, with this super intelligent machine, uh, the gang gets trapped for a bit. Uh, the German guys died. <laughs> uh, they were, they were, they were there to show us that the monster, what the monster could do. <laughs> um mm. After after so they're trapped like the gang's trapped in one of the buildings, um, and after sharing some backstory with one another, finding out that Laszlo's father and brother were killed in this uh, in this facility by the thing, uh, shortly after the facility shut down, uh, they proceed to attempt to flee. It almost works until Laszlo gets grabbed by the Tigerbot's jaws and uh, and he loses his arm. Uh, while Jack tries to keep Laszlo from bleeding out, Boris goes on. Uh, yeah, Boris goes on to turn off the power and at the at the control room. When he leaves the town enclosure, he finds the exterior warehouse again. That warehouse that was encasing the other warehouse. <laughs> um, its lights are all on, and they seem to be emitting the same uh, weird lighting effect that the uh, street lights were we're causing uh basically leaving boris out in the open for this tiger bot to uh come out at him uh to which it does it phases through the wall and starts chasing him um boris injured at this point desperately tries to get uh tries to outrun the bot um finds an, a fire axe and the fuse box of the of the lighting situation or the electronics of this this warehouse and destroys the fuses and the power cuts out just as the tiger bot pounces on him and vanishes out of existence. Um, getting into the control room and turning off the interior lights of the fake town, he finds a hidden monitoring room, but there's no clues as to like what the place was doing and any kind of like research papers or anything like that. It seems to be have all been cleared out. So he proceeds to destroy the light controls for good so that nobody could ever turn them back on and escapes with Jack and Laszlo from the building. They get Laszlo help, and a day or so later, Laszlo reveals he has some items of interest for the Cold Relics archive, um, including an actual laser tag manual from the first Cold Relic story. So, kind of revealing that that, that story's um, item of interest was actually a real thing. It wasn't just some story on the internet, according to the... Or to the the characters in this story, which is fictional. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, Jack and Boris return home, though Boris did have uh, a chemist in Kiev look at the particles and dust and soil samples uh, that were left on his shoes while he was running through the warehouse uh, because the lights seem to reveal uh, irradiated dust on the ground, uh, but only in the light. Um 
and it is revealed that the dust is a uh, is from a nuclear exchange of both Soviet and American bombs, which never happened. Uh, we also get a last bit of exchange from Tyler and Boris about the fact that our hero woke up from a coma two years ago <laughs> and that Tyler is going to finish gathering that tale together for next time. So Finn for now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the rundown. <laughs> so suppose we'll, we'll move on to... Everyone tolerates the Grammar Inquisitions! At this point, uh, I've got a fair amount. So, I'll just uh, dive into this one. Uh, so, this is from... Uh, so, again, a couple, there's a couple of email exchanges, and then, like, the bulk of the story is just the one... Um, uh, the one email exchange. Like, he attached the file to it. So, I'm gonna use... I, I'm, I used, I'm using the dates and stuff of that. that uh, they're on the, uh, the email entries <laughs> for my... Grammar Inquisitions, and for my actual thoughts. That makes <laughs> Did anybody fun. else do that? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, anyway, so from date 12, 16, 20, uh, from Boris to Tyler, subject, re, Ukraine incident. Um, and what is it that, and what is it that thing? Uh, Jack asked, or Jack asked me, once I had taken out a rather unique device. So I think it's, you need to remove the it in the, in the dialogue. Whoops. <laughs> so it's dialogue. So it could be say, so it's the way the character talks, but well, I still think that that it should be removed because it's clearly trying to say like, and what is that thing? <laughs> well, or you could put in a comma because, and what is it? That thing. Oh, yeah, that would work, too. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just missing a comma, then. So, either remove the it or add a comma at the end of the it. But again, it's dialogue, so I was like, ah, fat. <laughs> um, but moving on. Uh, this effect became more intense the closer we got to the lights. Or, did I fucking... Never mind. Okay, so... The, the next quote here is, this effect became more intense the closer we go to the lights. I feel like go should maybe be got to the lights. Um, past tense, so, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, because of the past tense situation here. But I understand why you're doubting yourself, because you can, in the present tense, go to the lights. The closer we go to the lights, the brighter they are, kind of deal. Yeah. But yeah. it's past, so yeah. Okay, uh, then moving on to the next one. Um, even so, I gave him a nod, and we began taking turns climbing up on the roof of the pool hall, which involved getting on top of the dumpster, reaching to one of the second floor windowsills, pulling ourselves up, then standing on that sill and doing the same thing to get onto the roof, all without falling off backwards and risking a broken bone. <sighs> All one sentence. <laughs> There's commas, <laughs> but it was all one sentence. <laughs> it was a run on. <laughs> uh, pretty much the entire paragraph. Yeah. Um, in fact, you'll notice like I was kind of hesitating at the beginning there is because I was like, wait, what's the problem here? Oh, it's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I say it's basically the whole paragraph. 
Well, not completely. Yeah. Because the words, <laughs> well, not completely at the start, are not part of that runoff. No, no. Um, like those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, um, my second like thing I wanted to address from this little paragraph or half paragraph um, was windowsill should be two separate words. Like it was windowsills. Oh, okay. Yeah. As far as I know, they're two separate words. Uh, and then uh, here's another slightly run on. <laughs> Would this be um, a sentence graph or a parent sentence? Paratens? Paratens? A paratens? <laughs> A paratense or a uh, yeah or a sen uh, or a centigraph, a centigraph yeah. No, it's one or the other. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the next one. Uh, it was clumsy. Uh, also, I apologize for not doing Boris's accent in this. Um, yeah, I I just I feel like I should maybe just I I I don't I don't remember I don't recall which like right off the hop which one which dialogue or which captions I have. That are Boris's or Jack, and oh, Jack okay. is Jack is clearly not a not a, a Ukrainian or have like a Russian accent kind of thing. So I'm going with a yeah. So I, I kind of had to like stop myself from doing the accent for everybody. <laughs> I hope you at least read it entirely in your head in Russian. Oh, of course. Okay, good. Well, Except with the Russian Jack. accent, I don't know how to speak Russian. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I definitely, I also, like both. Basically, like Jack, whatever Jack was speaking, I was like, I, I cut the uh, the accent. Whenever, whenever it was Boris like narrating or talking, and whenever Laszlo was talking, it was with a Ukrainian accent or with a a Russian accent. Yep. So anyway, um, it was clumsy compared to Laszlo's stab at it. But if Jack could pull it off without losing his balance, falling into the light below and cracking his skull, then I knew I had a chance. So, yeah, to me, this was slightly run on. Um, and like, for me, the easy fix here is you really don't need that nece- that unnecessary additional death detail. <laughs> like, I I just feel like maybe you could remove like and cracking his skull open. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. It just feels like that was just an unnecessary addition to be added to the sentence. <laughs> Wait, what's the part that you think is too much? So, so it's like it was clumsy compared to Laszlo's stab at it, comma. But if Jack could pull it off without losing his balance, comma, falling into the light below, comma, and cracking his skull, comma, then I knew I had a chance. And I feel like maybe even for some reason, I feel like the and cracking his skull open or cracking his skull um, bit was just like a step too far for me. It was like it's sort of what pulled this into a slight run on sentence. And like, I I just feel like in regards to the comment out too much, but like, Mm -hmm. That is the process of events that would happen. He yeah, but it, it balance, you fall and hit his head. Yeah, but at the same time, like it, you don't really need that 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 detail specifically. And he bleed out on the floor, and then he would cease to. Exist. Or just don't, so just like falling into the body, light below. Take his body out and take his body home. Back okay, to his parents. Sure, and then all right, <laughs> we'd have to get him ready for the. Uh, 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 funeral and everything, and then we'd have to put him down into the ground. And yeah, I get what you're saying. There's a point where it's too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was a very condescending way of saying I'm right. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now, I mean, you're not right. I still like it the way it is, but <laughs> I'm now, saying the question is: if you remove the comma at below, does that make it better? Falling. 
maybe it does. Fuck. <laughs> Falling into light below and cracking his skull. Uh, that might honestly make it better to me. Like, because I never use comma when, when, like, when it's the last like detail I'm adding to something. I usually go with the and, not a comma. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. So. Versus just you have like a certain limit of commas you can handle in a sentence. Like, two is enough. Maybe, yeah. I know. Again, like maybe I was coming, like coming off the last one, the last run on, which was like, um, even so, comma. I gave him a nod, comma, and we, we yeah. and went to the pool hall, comma, which involved going up in the dumpster, comma, reaching to one of the floor's windowsills, comma, pulling ourselves up, comma. Like it was like kind of like how you were condescendingly saying I was right earlier, <laughs> where it's like you were like it's like just keep adding on little details every comma. Yeah, I'm just ending the sentence and making a new one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that nitpick because it's kind of nitpicky. But yeah, the comma I wouldn't leave in there, um, or or get rid of the unnecessary detail. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, the Germans. Wow, I almost wanted to say the Germans. <laughs> I mean, you still can. Okay, the Germans. No, no, I'm not doing it. Um, the Germans were only a few streetlights away from the pair near us, and I figured we were about to end up in their coming YouTube video under the, a caption calling us the drunk explorers that they ran into on the way. Um, I feel like so it should be like their upcoming YouTube video, not their coming YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then my next one here, a dark shape, which moved so quickly that is, was gone by the time I had looked over. So I think that is should be an it. So it's like, which moved so quickly that it was gone by the time I looked over. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe get rid of that had, like, I had looked over. Like, by the time I looked over. <laughs> it both works. Just because it's like, again, just like, like, it might be nitpick, but it just seems like an extra word that you don't need in that sentence. <laughs> yep. It's the way Boris writes. Yeah. Sweet, sweet Boris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... On to my next one here. Uh, the mass of lethal metal turned its head toward the backpackers for a moment, but then decided to pursue the one straight ahead, running straight through the lights and in a panic to, to get away. Oh, okay. So my issue here was that that last bit, like running straight through the lights and in a panic to get away, I thought that was the tiger bot, not the, ki- not the German that was running straight ahead. <laughs> wow. I, I feel like so like um uh for this one I might remove the and at the end and change the the last a to his panic so it's like but then decided to pursue the one straight ahead running straight through the lights in a in his panic to get away that way it sort of helps contextualize who is running straight through the lights like that like, yeah. it was just one of those things that I like, kind of, like, I was like, I had to double take. I was like, wait, the tiger's running in a panic? What? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that hiccup. However, looking at the sentence and the way it's structured, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my next one here. He managed to pass on the message to the person we were trying to save with just another two basic German words. And it was starting to look like we'd actually have a chance to pull him up once he took off his pack held it 
above his head and began jumping, all while keeping the trash can from falling over. An impressive feat considering that he had come in here inebriated. <sighs> so yeah, another run-on sentence. <laughs> um, like, goddamn. <laughs> uh, I feel like that might be the story's biggest grammar offender, <laughs> is just run-on sentences. Um, yeah. But secondly here, actually, the, the thing that caught me before even the grammar position, or the, uh, the run-on, um, shouldn't it be I managed to pass on the message with just a few German words? Um, as in Boris, since it was established earlier that he was the one that spoke some German. Like, that's kind of what I, I thought it was, was that Boris was the one that was that knew German. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to actually just quickly double check that because I was pretty sure it was him that said earlier that it was uh, like that he spoke a little bit of German. Since Jack wasn't getting where I got to my feet, went to his side and yelled down using what little German I knew. Okay, so yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, Bor- uh, Boris that knew uh, knew German, not Jack. Yes. So. Um. So, so yeah, the fact that it says he managed to pass on the message to the person we were trying to save with just two basic German words. Yeah, so it should be I managed to pass on a message because I think even I think even like right before this, it was Jack said something, and then Boris is trying is getting that is passing that message along in German. So, uh, but I'll move on to the next thing here. Um, of course, we were like rabbits to a wolf against such a machine, and Jack was easily dragged into the light right, in, right with Boris. Uh, don't you mean Laszlo? <laughs> or, right, or, or maybe even like me, since like Boris shouldn't, or maybe, maybe Boris shouldn't be talking in the third person. <laughs> like, I, I read this part and I double taked again a couple of times because it was like, I was trying to figure out what it was trying to say. Like Jack was easily dragged into the light because he's holding and he's holding Laszlo, uh, like with his good arm, um, to try and like try and stop the the machine creature from like taking uh, Laszlo out of the light and stuff. Um, and then it says like dragged. Uh, Jack was dra- easily dragged into the light right with Boris. <laughs> so like, well, Boris should, is writing this. Like, yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I know. I get it. like so. Either like I think it should be Laszlo because like he's right with Laszlo as he's like being pulled in with with the creature, or maybe Boris is like next to next to uh, Jack trying to help trying to help pull Laszlo out of the light, or like kind of in this tug of war. Yeah, but but way, I don't think it should say right with Boris. No, he would not be <laughs> referring to himself in that manner. Yeah, especially since he hasn't done that throughout this entire story. And considering the next sentence says I grabbed onto Jack. Yes. So it sounds like he hasn't even helped at that point yet. Yeah, so it should be Laszlo. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then my next one here. I had become just as obsessed with a shadow world and its history as Jack, Kate, and their friend were. And to this, I was just like, what? No mention of Tyler? I, I mean, I suppose Tyler's the one that's that's this is being like re- like recorded to or like being like kind of um, uh, written for, for the most part. But... Um, so, so maybe even change it at the end. There is like Jack, Kate, and our friend. Or, <clears throat> um, I had become just as obsessed with a shadow world and its history as Jack, Kate, our friend, and you were. Sort of like, it, it just seems weird. Like that, like he's he's saying that like 
our hero was like just strictly Jack and Kate's friend, even though, you know, technically our hero went and hung out with Boris. It's because for some dumb reason, they can't say his stupid name. (laughs) He is he he who shall not be named is who he he is. Yes. Our hero, more like our king in yellow. Right. Anyway, uh, that's that's actually all I have for Grand Inquisition. So, Mikey, the E stands for evil. You did a fairly good job there. Yay. <laughs> and then my my next one could be considered a nitpick. Um, but it, it's just about consistency. Fair enough. Do it. <laughs> uh, Laz ran and leapt across and over the alley, passing through the toppled light's glow for a few dangerous feet. Uh, up until that point, Laszlo is always Laszlo. And in this sentence, he's Laz. Yeah, the, he's... Th- this is a... This is the beginning of like Boris like kind of interchanging um this fake name for this this Ukrainian yeah. <laughs> with a with a with a like a nickname basically like shortening of the of the name Yeah my problem is he they only use Laz twice Yeah no you're right So just keep it as Lazlo Yep yeah I'm I'm honestly kind of with you on this one because like first off, it's not his real name, um, so like keep it, like keep the regular name, like keep the the formal like naming convention. Um, and secondly, like it just seemed like, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a couple of times in this one I think like maybe Boris is writing like, like he is he's just writing this down like as much as to try and get as much as he can down on paper. So like maybe he's skipping some things. But Tyler's come back and like edited through this. So like what the heck is. Tyler's dro- Tyler's dropping the ball, <laughs> or drop dropping the ball, not bomb. <laughs> that happens in another universe. <laughs> um, yeah, he's there dropping are... the ball on like the editing of this. <laughs> so. Wow, there are ninety-seven instances of the word Laz in this story. <laughs> well, now that's that could be like also because that also includes Laszlo. I understand that. Yeah, I'm just saying his name is said a lot, which makes sense. But yeah, I didn't realize it'd be close to triple digits there. I mean, to be fair, like this story is like it, it chalks up to almost 40 pages long. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you, Mikey, on this one. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe keep it Laszlo, not Laz. <laughs> and then I have a conjunction junction. All right. I found a third uh, Laz. <laughs> Sorry. I had a comma. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. I'm clicking through all 97. Um, I'm almost done. <laughs> I found a fourth one. <laughs> yeah, right in the middle <laughs> as he's saying shit. No. Yeah. Okay. And next stop, Conjunction Junction. Doot, doot. Or even just me. It took us two years to plan the trip. And not only did I not go, I also didn't get anything from you to help me continue my research. Regardless if the rest of you don't care anymore. It's his money, I guess. It was obvious which of the cold relic stories interested Jack the most. But honestly, 
I had the same thought many times. It wasn't like it had anything to do with our investigation. It's actually not very fitting, but I'm not going to dwell on it. It made me almost long for that cold, dark blizzard back in Buffalo, spending long nights alone in my old garage surrounded by tech. But, somewhat to my surprise, Laszlo deflected or played down each question. But I picked up more of a he's hiding something tone. It was bigger than an aircraft hangar, and I think me and Jack were both reminded of the same place upon our arrival. It would be replacing and covering the original sarcophagus that locked away the destroyed Chernobyl reactor. It didn't exactly tower over the surrounding trees, and the poor condition of its exterior siding suggested it was over 30 years old, roughly. Its arcing roof was painted in greens to make it look like the tops of trees and disguise it, but that couldn't account for it not appearing as an anomaly on satellite photos. But Laszlo grew up here, where the warehouse had always just been part of the local lore. So, to be safe, he had never turned them on, instead relying on a flashlight for his ventures inside. But, since the area still had running security cameras and was presumably monitored, it was safer to sneak in under cover of night. But he insisted we go through with it. But Laszlo came through, flipping us past any security cameras and remaining fencing. It was pitch black inside, other than our beams of light, and the first thing that they hit and illuminated was asphalt. It wasn't as if this type of place didn't exist elsewhere on Earth. But here in rural Ukraine, within an enormous enclosure, was a replica of a small American town's main street. It looked like a movie set, slightly too clean with too few imperfections. It even had a movie theater that looked straight out of Back to the Future's Hill Valley, which we had come out near. The bulkhead door entrance was in a small alleyway between the fake cinema and the police station. But we weren't so stupefied that we couldn't at least move our lights about and take in this faux-America giant set piece. It was at this point that I snapped out of my stupor and remembered that I had a dosimeter on me. But I suppose the builders were going for variety here. But were the two places connected in any way? It was all just dead air. But nothing could ever be simple. It was similar to the dull 
poof noise emitted by a camera flash or powerful stadium lights being turned on. But the street lamps, they were something else entirely. It wasn't the worst idea, but Jack wasn't asking the obvious question. But I was willing to give him a shot at guiding us out of here before trying to wrestle anything else out of him concerning this place's history. So great. But if getting out of here safely would really take so much effort, I at least wanted to get a closer look at the strange light to maybe get some idea just how it was being produced or why it wasn't safe. It was a peculiar immediate response, but he did actually have a point. It was slow and steady, so I wasn't too concerned about my exposure just yet, but it was the first time it had picked up anything. It had been difficult to see in the monochrome light, but there was a thin layer of dust or dirt on top of the street and sidewalk, and for some reason, its coverage only extended as far as the glow did. It looked like us two Americans had satisfied enough of our curiosity for the moment, so we backed off and started on our escape route. But it wasn't that far. It was clumsy compared to Laszlo's stab at it, but if Jack could pull it off without losing his balance, falling into the light below, and cracking his skull, then I knew I had a chance. It was like they were all bisected by the tall metal barrier which surrounded the town. And as I looked behind me at the containment walls, I noticed a dark shape in the back corner of the tavern roof. It was a lab coat. It didn't occur to me until I had a moment to think, but I realized that the dosimeter had let out a few clicks when I was holding up the lab coat. It must have also gotten a light dusting of the radioactivity. But fine, we'd do it Laszlo's way and focus on getting out first. And I still felt like we were never really ugh. and I still felt like we had never really been alone in here. It didn't come to any surprise that they didn't want to listen to me either. It looked like they had gotten bored of our warnings and were ready to completely ignore us. But I couldn't even be sure that I had really seen it at first and didn't say anything. But wait, if it was sprinting right down the street, then why couldn't I see it? It must have been running at 50 miles an hour, at least. And as it got closer to us, I could feel its rhythmic, heavy impacts on the asphalt getting heavier. 
It was now no wonder that Laszlo was so afraid of what lurked in here, if it turned out he had actually seen it before. It would be impossible to outrun on foot. But the beast actually came to a sudden stop, just a few feet from the two explorers. It was in the light, and they were in the nearby darkness. It wasn't that it was just invisible without it. It was more like it was somewhere else entirely. It was the light itself that gave it form and made it real. It stared back at them almost without a sound, only some sort of metal creaking emanated from its body. It was not at all organic and was designed to emulate an actual great predator in only the most basic of ways. It was too advanced, too many moving parts. It was like it didn't even belong in this world. It crouched down, some hydraulic shifted, and after a sound similar to an air brake went off, it leapt out of the glowing sphere and vanished into the darkness. Its target had no chance, but it didn't show up. But our hands were a good three or four feet apart. It turned its gaze towards us, took a few seconds to think about its next move, and proceeded to ram its entire body into the lamppost. It was quickly obvious what it was trying to do, and upon realizing it himself, the tourists who were trying hard to rescue began to panic even more. It crashed into the side of the next building and was so heavy that it took out much of its wall, which was little more than plywood. It caused a tingling sensation on my skin and was making my dosimeter go off, but otherwise didn't feel too strange. Its calculations seemed dead on, and it looked like it would slam right into me then dragged me off into the other place by teeth or claw. But Jack was there for me at the edge of the broken roof of the bookstore. It hurt worse than I expected because it turned out that I had been impaled by a long, ugly nail sticking out from a wooden beam. It turned and left us alone after a few more seconds, crushing foam and wood underfoot as it turned into the alley and disappeared. But I insisted until he eventually got down on his knees and quietly crawled against the part of the wall that was still intact. But it was bad news for us. But it beat running down the street and through half a dozen glowing death traps. It didn't feel quite safe out there, even though the lights ahead and behind us were a good distance away. And though I didn't like thinking about it, I know, eh, I knew we couldn't go in one 
at a time and give that thing a means to pick us off. It was such a small space to cross. It was like I had crossed the vacuum of space for a brief moment in time. But then the machine burst out from the shadow, its jaws already open. It quickly became obvious why he was wailing and in so much pain. It was worse than I expected, and if we couldn't stop the bleeding, I knew he wouldn't survive. It was just standing there, in the middle of the glowing sphere, watching me as I briefly flew in the air, its eyes and head tracking my movement. It looked like I would make it. But I got a little ahead of myself, or overly confident. It didn't feel like I had broken anything. It cost me, and Laszlo, precious minutes. But I stood up as soon as I could, and I put some weight on my right leg. It hurt, but it was bearable. It had no way of getting to me anymore. It didn't react to that either. It seemed brighter than I remembered, but of course my eyes had adjusted to the darkness of the town. It was a long hallway, ominously empty, filled with light and the sound of electrical humming. It turned and stared me down. It bore down on the floor into a pouncing position and produced sounds like it was revving up servos and charging up pistons. It was closing in. It couldn't squeeze through below or above it, so it began to slice into it instead. Knocked the two destroyed halves to the side, thrashing its way through what remained, and began to pick up its speed again. It was the fuse box I would be running by that gave me a chance. It shot out sparks, and for a brief moment, the lights flickered, and the creature's existence right along with them. It took to the air, its jaws open, ready to take my head clean off. And then I opened my eyes to the darkness of the corridor, right as the dim emergency lights flipped on. It was all I had to calm my nerves, bad as the things were for me. It was smaller than I expected, and its only window really was the town hall's facade's second floor middle window. It gave me a good view of the model main street all the way back to the cinema's marquee at the other end. It was my dumbass motivations that got them here in the first place. It had its own power, but only had a few dim wall-mounted lights that didn't give the place much illumination. It would easily tempt anyone into turning on the lights that would end up killing them. Or maybe Laszlo just kept an eye on it. But I didn't have so much as a gas can on me. It was hard to let go and give up, knowing all that had happened, 
and the lives destroyed or lost to some sinister echo reaching out from the past. It wasn't until me and Jack were seated together in the otherwise empty waiting room at seven in the morning, eating breakfast hash, did we finally have a time to really catch our breath and think about all that had just happened. It turned out he had actually lied to us about something else earlier. He really did have some knowledge about certain things and found a few relics on his scavenging run. But we understood his own need for secrecy. And finally, the real find. Written in Cyrillic, a a technical manual for a full laser tag toy set complete with cross-sections of a gun and vest. Because, well, there it was. It occurred to me that I needed to have them professionally looked at, thinking that there was a chance that the source of the irradiated material stuck on their bottoms could be tracked back to a source, even if it couldn't be explained why said material was able to leave the exotic lights of the warehouse. And anyway, this was probably one of the few countries in the world where having someone find radioactivity on your person wouldn't instantly raise suspicion that you're illegally handling fissile material, given that people go on tour in Pripyat all the time. And then, at long last, early in the morning, I arrived at my home in Buffalo with a few treasures to add to my lockbox. And no, I still don't know who built that machine or where it came from. But I guess I am a little curious about that. Because of the lights? It's kind of a concept right now on the internet. Mostly pictures of places that feel too empty and a little ominous or threatening. So, I figured the Soviets must have run some tests in the area way back. Ben. Uh, thank you, again, uh, for the <laughs> secondary <laughs> rundown <laughs> of the story. story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, legit, like, next time, like, you think, Mikey, do you think there's ever going to be a chance where, like, if there's a story that, like, most of the story is its ands or buts at the beginning of stories, are you just going to, like, give it a pass? <laughs> just, like, I'm just going to, just like, or a blanket statement. It's just, like, this has a ton of, of, run, of like, conjunction-junction. In fact, the entire story is conjunction-junction. So... <laughs> We'll just sit down and do our first actual reading of an entire creepypasta. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> also, I noticed a front because there at the end of there. Is that a first? Yeah. I don't recall front because no. becoming a thing. We've had different front becauses. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Also, I loved the uh, uh, when when the uh, the fuse box was coming at him <laughs> through the uh, through the uh, like trying trying to squeeze through the uh, the hallway and like the uh, the collapsed shelf. <laughs> really changes the perspective of everything. Yeah, it changes what the creature looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, that just a giant fuse box. <laughs> and to those unaware, 
uh, Mikey does these uh, strings of sentences uh, to highlight all the sentences that start with words that they probably shouldn't, like it's ands, buts, and becauses. Because there's always easier word or better words to start sentences with. And we also do this to f- see if we can find like that 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 comedy gem of of, of out of context situation, mm-hmm. like. It came at us at full force. Yes. A squirrel. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't think anything's been able to top that first uh, grammar, or that that first conjunction junction. There's been a couple of good ones. It's just I, there, there I haven't have been. been recording them, and they haven't been like burned in my memory, like the squirrel one, like the Super Saiyan squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, the yeah. Uh, so that's all you got there, Mikey? Yep. All right. Gamer. Okay. So um, this first one is in regards to the formatting. Because uh, really early on, probably the first line, actually. I'm not going to bother scrolling up. That'll take a while. Uh, the following are email excerpts from uh, between Boris and Tyler. So as soon as I read that, I'm like, okay, I'm prepared for them to blend together due to lack of spacing, because that was my problem last time. Mm-hmm. Although... A, it didn't do that this time, and B, I forgot to mention last time that the date, the sender, the recipient, and the subject are all bolded. So yeah, they do. They are broken up quite well. It's just there's only a problem when the actual meat of the email is only one line, because then it's like bold, 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 unbold, bold, 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 bold. You know, like I, th- I think the situation here is that, like you said, like uh, like bring up exactly what you just did. Um, this story doesn't have any of the email correspondence that's just one word or like one set, like one line. Yeah, <laughs> they're chunky enough that you can clearly see it. Regardless, what we said last time was a line in between would be nice. Yeah, so like a page break or an mm-hmm. extra line down. Indeed. Either way, I'll I'll continue on. Uh, so this is in the actual meat and potatoes of the story, the actual attachment. Boris says, uh, sure, it would be hot and we'd be in the middle of nowhere, but I would have been thinking the same thing no matter the season. Even if it was in the middle of winter? You'd still think it would be hot out? So maybe it should be changed to sure, it would be hot and we'd be in the middle of nowhere, but I would be complaining about the weather no matter the season. Yeah, that would work better. Yeah, yeah. like it's like too hot, too um, cold, make up your mind. <laughs> well, is uh, Ukraine near the equator? Yeah. <laughs> uh give me a second. I I don't good idea. I know it's I know it's it's up in uh it's up near I know it's up near Russia. <laughs> wow. Good job. <laughs> like that helps. Uh yeah, let me get a second. Um It's it's like the it's like vertically the same as like Germany. It's actually lower it's actually well, okay. Kiev is there, um, so we're we're because they south of them is Pripyat, which is um, the the radioactive place. So that is it, just pulling that up. Anyway, it's only okay. So more I, wow, southern than oh, the crap. UK. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Like they are well, they are actually if wow, they're actually really close to like if it's if Pripyat is like south of this village, which is I think it said that early in the story is that like Chernobyl and stuff of that was like uh they're basically on the border of uh belarus and and ukraine um and that site area is basically 
about the same latitude as London or like around that area of of the UK and stuff like that. So that is not near the equator. <laughs> no. Okay. That is yeah, the equator is literally uh according to Google Maps, the equator is right next to Ecuador. <laughs> or is right on top of Ecuador, which is probably where it got its name. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Um, so looking at Moscow on Google Maps, it's cool how it's just like yeah. there's not many towns around it or anything, and it's just like this spider web of roads that all go to yeah, Moscow. Just, yeah, all roads in Russia lead to Moscow. Pretty much. That's cool. Mm. Anyways, unrelated. Yes. So yes, it would get cold. <laughs> yeah. So yes, my wording I believe is better. Unless he would, he'd be saying like, yes. even in the winter, I'd be wearing so many jackets and sweaters and snow pants, I'd be hot anyways. <laughs> yeah, like it basically like for us Canadians and us Ontarians, they're effectively in the same like temperature range or like a uh, like climate range and stuff that like Timmins or Thunder Bay would be. Mm-hmm. Like it's slight. They're on the latitude. They're slightly. They're probably like around or slightly above Timmins or Thunder Bay. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Just going, and that's that, that's just based on the Google Map. Yeah, um, like lining. Uh-huh. Like so, but I shall continue. Mm-hmm. It was bigger than an aircraft hangar, and I think me and Jack were both reminded of the same place upon arrival. I believe that um, me and Jack should be flipped around to Jack and I. I believe that's yeah. the correct way. Uh-huh. That's the polite way. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't believe this one was brought up. It's an entire paragraph sentence. It's a it's a para sentence. Centigraph. A paratense <laughs> or a centigraph. Yeah. Look at this centigraph. <laughs> yeah, the thought of it makes me. I kind of want. I kind of want to like. I kind of want to caption that. And just whenever we have like, like, and hey, for the next one, look at this centigraph. That's gonna be a running joke now. Good job. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I remember seeing one of those in regards to Warframe because there was a, a weapon called an epitaph and it had that oh, God. look at this epitaph and it's like holding up the little um, uh, the frame with like a picture of the gun in it. Nice. Anyways, I'll continue. Or rather, I'll read it. As we journeyed down the road and I assumed to the other end to see all that there was to see and get most out of my money I made notes on my phone of the kinds of buildings I was seeing. The pixel screen glowing out into the darkness pretty much the only thing reminding me of the actual decade. That is one sentence and an entire centigraph. Yep. Wow. Yes. So I kind of moved things around a little bit and um, made it two sentences. Maybe it should have been three, but it's fine. I made notes on my phone of the kinds of buildings I was seeing as we journeyed down the road, comma. And I assumed to the other end to see all that there was to see and get the most out of my money, period. The pixel screen on my phone glowing out into the darkness, pretty much the only thing reminding me of the actual decade. Done. Cool. Nice. This next one I googled after the fact and kind of cancelled it out, but I'm going to bring it up anyways, because I I wasn't 100% sure the definition of a mom and pops and a family restaurant, like the differences between them all, yeah. Okay. Because when I said like Look like it belonged in 1980 from a diner to five mom and pops, a family restaurant, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because I assumed that a mom and pops and a family restaurant were the same thing, but they're kind of not. 
Nope. You're right. It's like a mom and pop's business is, it could be any type of business that's just very low key and just owned by a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. The basic, it's, yeah, it's a common phrase for like, uh, like you're saying, (laughs) like an old, a business that is run by like a family or by like, again, a mom, pa. Yeah. Like (laughs) like, like Joe's no frills or something. Nah, that's <laughs> that's probably it. Probably got started yes, like that. Same thing. Same thing with Walmart. Like Walmart uh, started off as a mom pause called Walton's. Yeah, like it was a uh, Walton's uh, like groceries or like it was like just a convenience store. Like a convenience store is technically is sometimes a mom pa or like a pawn shop. Uh, like a, like if a low key pawn like shop. A, uh, a franchise. franchise. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like a family restaurant is when they deliver the food in just like a big platter, and then you help yourself, right? Family restaurant that's yeah like generally that kind me. of thing <laughs> yeah that, that that's probably accurate okay <laughs> already then so i learned things yay then this next one not that i ever get a chance to see it but were the two places connected in any way so i feel like it should just be but were the two places connected anyway like remove the in yeah because i don't know why they're connected in anyway connected into what yeah that's yeah that yeah that almost seems like it doesn't need, like it because it's talking about like the like this place in conjunction with kitty land right like or the key land location and, so yeah like that makes yeah it would make more sense if it was connected like if they were connected anyway yeah. not connected in any way oh i okay now i just connected in any way as oh. in like they, are they connected <laughs> yeah in, in yeah based <laughs> way yeah oh <laughs> Oh man! Wow. wow. <laughs> Connected in any way? Yeah, that just needs a space. Then. Yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, it just needs a space. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have a space, or is no, it? No, it's is anyway. It like, te- like t- oh, okay. Yeah, that that just needs a space. That's a simple type. I love the English language. Space can change so much. <laughs> That's really not on the on the English languages, like. Uh, like that's not on the English language. That's more on like a typo, on, like somebody not forgetting to hit the space bar. <laughs> yes, but it's partially a problem to the English language because it's two different words. One just has a space in between, and one doesn't. Sure, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like a, a simple typo can completely change it. A simple miss of a space bar, which is something you hit fifty thousand <laughs> times while typing, that could probably be said about most languages probably, <laughs> not I just english <laughs> that's my bit <laughs> that's yeah that's your thing yeah. okay all right my next one my father worked in this place he didn't keep any notes about what went on here or ever tell me anything he never came home shortly before they enclosed it he disappeared we weren't told why so i feel the organization of that sentence is a little off yeah so i reworded it to this my father worked in this place. He didn't keep any notes about what went on there or ever tell me anything. Shortly before they enclosed it, he never came home. He disappeared. And we weren't told why. Yeah. It was kind of like... Well, now it's dialogue, but... Yeah. <laughs> and he... This, this, it could be... Because he's... a Because uh, he's... Uh, his, his first language is... is uh, I, I apologize if this is inaccurate, but like is Ukrainian. <laughs> so... Um, uh, his English language English may not be his second uh, may may not be his strongest suit. So like he it might just be the way he's talking. But yeah, in terms of like sentence structure, that is wrong. <laughs> but here's the other thing: 
Um, Boris wasn't walking around with a tape recorder recording everything word for word. He is recounting it from his memory. So he would be rewriting what he said based on what he was trying to say, not specifically word for word. That is true. He does also think, say at the beginning of the story that he's like some of this, uh, some of this is paraphrased and, yeah. and uh, summarized. So. Mm-hmm. so maybe it's Boris's struggle with the English language. <laughs> Even though he's like Perhaps. born American, as far as the story. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he, yeah, he's an American-born Ukrainian. <laughs> By the way, so. do you guys always see him as Boris from Goldeneye, like constantly with a Hawaiian shirt and everything? I want to say no. Originally, it was but... no, but when he started becoming like a little bit inept in this with his like physical prowess, I was seeing him more and more nerdy, especially because he is pretty. I saw, yeah, I saw him as a little bit more bulky, um, like not not like. Like not like fat or anything like that, but like just sort of like a little bit bigger guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't really know. Oh, or you could go with uh, Boris from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> yep, I don't remember. Thanks. Like? <laughs> he's he's a squat uh, Gomez looking character from uh, Gomez Gomez Adam sort of looking guy. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like he's got like pencil mustache and he's like squat compared to like uh his uh his um his partner yes. in crime. He's monochromatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's black and white, yeah. But even like in um, colored stuff, he's still black and white. <laughs> yeah. Colored yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm 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 now now that you brought it up, like I can't unsee Boris from from Goldeneye. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're welcome. Constantly clicking the pen bomb and everything. I'm invincible. Yeah, he proved he's invincible. He didn't die. He didn't even get in- well, yeah. he got injured a couple times, actually. He got injured a couple times. He was a boss though, like yeah. getting uh like getting uh, stabbed in the in the in the leg by a friggin' long like rusty nail. Yeah, and then sprinting his ankle and I mean, going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I can go on, but I'll go on. I'll 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 wait till like my actual thoughts, because I have part of my actual thoughts of that. <laughs> okay. And then uh this last one is near the end. In our world and reality, some company or governmental organization had created a device that could turn its users to ash. That had happened. Like I said in an email that showed up on the signal intercept story. Damn, the implications. So, I feel like this part should be in a footnote after the attachment because this whole thing has been a story in the past, but it's referencing the signal intercept Mm -hmm. story which just happened. And I know he went in and proof read this and everything, but it's kind of a weird yeah. time skip for me because up until this point, it's been him talking about the past and the things that happened in the past and the things he got in the past. And then there's this one sentence about him talking about stuff in the current time, and then it goes back into the past again. Okay, yeah, because I was gonna say like I was a little confused. Yeah, he's he's saying in the present, like refer talking to yeah this this part should be like out of the the story that he's given, he's attached to, this should be in the email, like another email, like, like a sort of separate the attachment, the attached story from the email that he had. That's what you're trying to, you're trying to get across, right? Yeah. Just specifically the part where he's okay. talking about the signal intercept story. You could put that before the yeah. attachment or after the attachment or something, just not in the attachment. Or if it is going to yeah. be an attachment, don't continue with other, stuff in the past after it, have this after that, at the very end of the story. At the very end of the attachment, gotcha. rather. Yeah. That is the end of my grammar. I'm surprised I got 
none All of right. your, your guys' grammars, and you guys got none of my grammars. Yeah. That was... Wow. <laughs> too much grammar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we will move on to actual thoughts. So next, first thing I have here, um, this is from date 12, 11, 20, from Boris to Tyler, subject Ukraine incident. Uh, this time I will do the, vo do the voice. <laughs> uh, really, Ty? You still want to do this? I saw your post on the, on the story website, which I'm honestly surprised is still up. Don't you, don't you think it's really, really time to let it all go so we can move on with our lives? Um, that's exactly what a possessed Boris by Mr. Fun Bun would say. <laughs> mean. Uh, Referencing my theory from last session, from last time we uh, we tackled a uh, a cold relic story where Boris has been possessed by Mister Fun Bun. I had the exact same thing written down. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm saying he sounds very confused. Like, uh, first off, when he says "really tie," you still want to do this? First, he sounds really confused because he it's because he, he's saying "really thank you." <laughs> so joking aside, God damn it. joking aside of that though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said, wasn't Boris the one who was sticking around after the signal uh, intercept and continuing to check things out and only ran home because there was some guy in the woods? He didn't seem ready to give up at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, maybe fun, but um, take his body. It... He's not himself anymore. Get that man a Snickers. <laughs> Goddamn. Nice. Now, then again, like, again, we have to put it in perspective here. Um, there's been a time jump between the last story and this story. Uh, like, the last story was set in like so uh signal intercepts uh like they, their events there was in 2016 liminal warehouse took place two years later in uh in 2018 oh, and then this and this story was posted in 2020 so yeah so the events of the oh. events of liminal warehouse actually like the the events that like he's recalling in the email like the in the attachment that happened in 2018, and the email corresponds. If you notice, the the email dates are 20 are in, are 2020. How do you know the attachment is from 2018? So I um, well, it does actually say it in the story. Um, like it says, like it's like it's been two years. Uh, like like the, these like these events have happened like two years uh, prior. Like, um, because uh, my our, uh, at the end, our hero woke up uh, two years ago from from the dates on the emails. And then it's then uh, during the story earlier in the story, Boris said that they it took them two years from signal intercept to plan this Ukrainian trip. So, and then out of fiction, <laughs> like not in the story itself, on the Cold Relic website, they actually give you like the dates of when things these these events happened. Oh, so like under signal intercept dates are 2016 and a little bit of it takes place in 1985 which is like when the when the guy was telling his story about finding the place in in Pennsylvania. So everything that um, happened in the then, attachment happened after signal intercept. Yeah. Yeah, this all happened 2 years after signal intercept. Okay, then that is on me not getting a full grasp on the time frame of this. Um so my previous uh mention about taking that bit out and putting it after the attachment does not matter anymore um i was i was actually going to to counter you like at the time about that but as i like i, I kind of thought about it like i think 
you were still you you could still like have it removed from the actual attachment and like have it like sort of him as an afterthought in his email correspondent. Yeah, it's like but it doesn't because this all happened like two years ago. So no. Um, and honestly, yeah, like so, yeah, we're talking about the time frame. Sorry. Um, yeah, no worries. The reason that I thought it was where it was is because um, of this line. Um, uh, of course, he did. The loser even typed up. Uh, 50,000 people used to live here, but then they played killer laser tag in an email. It's not really uh, close to those places. This warehouse he trapped down isn't the same one where the VCR system manual is found either. So based on that information, I placed it somewhere somewhere after laser tag and before electric rabbit. Weird. But they didn't even know Boris before Laser Rabbit. Or before, before Laser <laughs> Rabbit. Before Electric Tag. <laughs> yeah, before before Electric Rabbit, uh like like they didn't even know Boris. Like Boris came in from the Electric Rabbit incident, so yeah, but didn't they find um, the uh the manual like they yeah, in, in laser tag in the in the laser tag story um, well and they they these people like Jack, Kate, Tyler, and our hero and Boris they didn't even they weren't even the ones in that story like that story was something that our hero recovered from like the dark web like from or from some like from some uh, abandoned yeah uh like lost toy uh toy forum like that story yeah, the so whole system manual thing for the vcr is what kind of confused me because i was thinking like he's talking gotcha. about like it's not the same one where where he got the system manual but I'm pretty sure he had the system manual in Electric Rabbit, right? In Electric Rabbit. Because he's Rabbit. been using it. I think yeah. he did, yeah. So I, honestly, yeah. that part, I was thinking backwards on it. That's what confused me and screwed that up. That okay. okay. All right. Well, no worries. I mean, it is, we're dealing with a timeline, so sometimes that gets, yeah. And it, yeah. Like, also, yeah, with, like, the, the datelines in the emails are handy, but also, yeah, like, the, um, the website, Cold Relic website actually has a really good categorizing for like dates, author locations, like back, and even gives you like a background of what's going on and a summary, mm-hmm. <laughs> like before you jump into the story. So, um, in fact, perhaps I'll, I'll, I, I've been sending you guys, yeah, out of, out of, um, like behind the scenes audience, uh, I've been, I've been linking the, uh, the creeppost.wiki stories to my fellow co host. So maybe I'll actually send you guys, um, the, the cold relic story page more, uh, like for the next one. Sure, if you want. If okay, um, yeah, I, but, I guess you are right. Uh, so because yeah. it says they had a fight in 2019 about how he didn't get anything out of the out of their trip. So it, it was yeah. before 2019 and, at yeah. least. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because like after he, they got back from the trip, uh, Boris wasn't going to like he had written down this this whole like yeah. document, but he wasn't going to give it to uh, Tyler because they had a fight or some kind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Sorry, I'll let you continue. Um, no, it's cool. Um, next thing we have here. Um, yeah, so yeah, Mr. Funbun is a possessing Boris. Um, and that kind of goes away. Like, as the story goes on, it's like, all right, maybe he's not possessed. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's the long game, yeah. like the long con. It's like, yes, I am still Boris. Boris is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> on to the next thing here, though. Uh, from date 12, 11, 20. From Tyler to Boris, subject re-Ukraine incident. Uh, let's at least get it out there for our readers, or even just me. It's 
oh <laughs> wow this is, it took us two years to plan the trip <laughs> and not only did i not go i also didn't get anything from you to help me continue my research regardless of if the rest of you don't care anymore so I actually, so not the the timeline thing aside, like and that's actually not what I was bringing up in this in this quote. I like how Tyler, who's fairly young compared to the rest of them, hasn't been able to, and, and, but is also the most enthusiastic and like interested in all of this and like recovering this like for arc for their archives and stuff. Um, I like how he he had because he's the youngest and stuff like that. He hasn't been able to travel that much in the last few stories. And it kind of makes a lot of sense because like he may not be allowed, like he might still like be living with his parents or whatever. Is he that young? Um, I, I always kind of thought that he was like, at, like in his like early twenties, at least. I assumed all these people were the same age. No, no. Like he was, it, it mentions in Kitty land when Tyler shows up, he's younger than they are. And then like um, the, the gang, like Kate, uh, Jack and, uh, and our hero are all about the same age around like their mid twenties. And then Boris is slightly older than they are in like his like early thirties. And then, um, so like yeah, like they're all like about like they're all roughly around the same age, like with, within like a decade or two, or within a decade and a half mm-hmm. of each other. Like they're they're all the same age in that perspective of like being a couple of, like within a, within a decade or so. Um, but yeah, uh, and or or maybe he just didn't have the funds or access or the funds like to like you know go to Ukraine. <laughs> Whereas, like the adults, are like the the more not the adults, the more adult like characters are the more like the characters more who own a house characters. and or yeah, the more independent like characters have access to like you know passport and going to places and stuff like that. Um, so I, I that's what I liked about it was I liked that Tyler was sort of like he's the one who's so enthusiastic about this, but he's he's stuck just ha- sending people off to do his stuff. <laughs> yeah that was one of my um, actual notes about this like him bitching about like it took us two years to plan the trip and not only did i not go blah blah blah, blah like he's complaining that he didn't go but nowhere in the story did it say why he didn't go it's just left to us to assume like if he is that yeah. young then i guess that makes sense but because my stupid yeah. brain didn't remember that they're not all the same age and they're not all adults that can go do things. it's not it, to be fair again like these sto- these stories are long, <laughs> and we've had like several months between yeah. um certain between certain stories that we've like read. So like I'm not going to fault you for re- not remembering mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, but I'll move on to my next one here. Uh, from date twelve, sixteen, twenty, from Boris to Tyler. Subject: re Ukraine incident. By the way, you're wrong about me not sharing it to anyone. Kate's read it. She was actually more demanding about it, about reading it than you were. Oh snap! You just got served, Ty. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's just my one. <laughs> it's like, it's like actually, you're wrong. Uh, I did share it with somebody. Kate read it. I shared it with someone more important. <laughs> uh, more mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like another one here. Um. Uh, this time it was me and Jack, the guy who until recently didn't want to get involved with all of this. It took me way too long to realize who Jack was. Oh, really? Um, like bringing up like what I just said to you, like, like the fact that we've read these stories like uh, over the course of like several months. Even like I think the lot, the first time we read this, these stories was like almost a year mm. ago. Like the first, like the first stories and stuff. He was like. 
yeah, he was the guy in in Kitty Land uh, with our hero and and Kate, who decided he didn't want it. He didn't want much to do with any of this stuff, and like that's why like, it, that's why it was just Kate last time when we we saw them. I spent the better half of this story trying to figure out who he was. Oh, really? <laughs> like, I thought he was a new character. I did originally, but around <laughs> that point, I'm like, oh, okay, it's probably the other Jack then. It legitimately took me till like the till they're like they were trapped in the in the uh, in the the bookstore, and they're telling their stories about like why they're here and why they're doing this mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I think it was like Laszlo I, that says like, uh, "Well, uh, that, that what happened to you in that place in Florida?" I was like, "Wait, that place in Florida?" And then I, I was like, "Right, there was a third person, like not just Kate and and and, uh, and our yeah. hero. There was Jack." Ah, oh, but like I, I thought, the for, there was the longest one, right. time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious because, like in that story, they forgot about like that whole event. Yeah. Um, no, what I, I also like for like the longest time, I thought Jack might have been like the guy from Pennsylvania that gave um Boris the the engine parts and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like maybe he joined him and stuff like that because he was also older, like slightly older than mm-hmm. they were. So he again have the funds and access to travel a- across the globe. But no, it was it's Jack from Kitty Land, and God damn it, it took that long for the story to f- for me to figure yeah. that out. <laughs> I mean, it's all good. Uh, also, I don't yeah. fully remember what was the main reason that he wanted to come along. Do you have a note on that, or um, I do have it later on uh, because it, he actually brings okay. it up then in I'll, his uh, like I'll his writing. Say something when it, then then. Okay, uh, and then next thing here. Um, okay, I have to ask. Tyler helped set up a lot of this right when he first told you about the address of the warehouse did he think it was chernobyl or pripyat i know centralia was on his mind when things were happening in pennsylvania i sighed of course he did the loser even typed out fifty thousand people used to live here but then they played killer laser tag in an email but it's not really that close to this to those places this warehouse he tracked down isn't in, this isn't the same, uh, <clears throat> isn't the same one where the VCR system manual was found either. Well, uh, I guess that shuts down a theory I had about uh, from from last session or from from last uh, from the last story we did, where I thought the laser tag story would might have more of a connection in the next story. I mean, it does. <laughs> um, I, and then I have an okay. update until the yeah. end. <laughs> It's like that fucking like you duke us out with like, like because like I actually kind of appreciate it. By the end of the story, it's like um they, uh like the whole time the story is like it, it was sort of like what we said in the last uh the last story with the signal intercept. It's like you think it, it's not going to be Centralia, it's not going to be Centralia, and then it was in Centralia. Um, like but it, but it wasn't like they were like giving us these red herrings. And to this story, they were kind of doing that where it's like it's not going to be about the laser tag thing. It's not going to be about the laser tag thing. And like we we have no information, we we haven't been able to find any clues as to like the origins of this warehouse until that last little bit where where uh, where Laszlo reveals that he he actually had information and has all the clues and stuff has some more clues for the mystery to keep it, going. It's funny <laughs> that you say that because I thought the complete opposite. Because <laughs> damn it, the story they're constantly <laughs> referencing laser tag, so it's like okay, this is they're bringing up information about laser tag, cool, and they're saying oh this uh, this uh, facility. Um, they probably did uh, experiments here with optical things and lasers here. And they did this as a laser training yeah. facility 
to prep for attacking America. Like it was constantly yeah. referencing and the whole thing. <laughs> they they were referencing, but I thought I honestly thought it was yeah. a red herring until the entire until the end. <laughs> like I thought it was something else. Um, I guess it was my own want for there to be more about laser tag. So <laughs> I, I mentioned that previously. That kept me optimistic. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then my next one here. Um, I realized that if I was, <clears throat> I realized that if I actually had any real worries about the radioactive particles. I would have brought gloves and masks. I think I mostly just wanted to hear the dosimeter click a few times. I bought—I had bought it off eBay years ago and never really got the chance to try it. And to that, I was just like, "You had two—you planned this trip two years in the making, <laughs> and and they—and you didn't even pack gloves or a mask. <laughs> like that's urban exploring 101. <laughs> like." If you're, especially if you're going into like an old derelict building, um, from like 30 years ago that's been abandoned for 30 years, like it just seemed like, like even even if you like you you packed a dosimeter, like wouldn't you want to maybe bring some gloves and masks like as well as like if, as well as the dosimeter, like wouldn't that like go hand in hand with that? He's not a professional. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it does say later he does bring up that he's not a professional urban explorer or something like that, but it's like. You don't get to mock the ill-fated German Urbanex guys, <laughs> like when you didn't even prepare for like half the stuff that you should have. I don't know. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm I'm still calling it like I'm calling I'm calling Boris on his bullshit in this wow. in this one. I'm still on Team Boris, but I, I can still like critique him. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Uh, but my next one here, um, he seemed relieved about that. Probably glad that he hadn't repeatedly exposed himself to some rays throughout all of his scaving treks in here. Okay, so I, I got to print this out. I I understand what it was saying, like his scaving treks, like as in like his scavenging trek, uh, like uh, like journeys in here. But I definitely had to double take because I thought he was like scavenging Star Trek memorabilia out here. Like maybe this place was the HQ for the Ukrainian Trekkie Con. Wow. <laughs> like. My that was my my like knee jerk reaction when it, when I heard like his scaving treks <laughs> like I was like God damn it weird but okay nerd <laughs> yes yeah. nerd but I digress uh, on to the next one uh, my first guess about the purpose of this site was that it felt like some sort of Soviet training ground where soldiers of the USSR could go to live out invasion fantasies fun fact. This is an actual thing, like across the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there, there are like these kind of sites in like the Soviet Union, uh, or like the former Soviet Union, and uh, like, and not just like in Russia, and like, like the Americans have done this, um, like China, North Korea, like all that kind of stuff. Like, there's, there's images out there if you Google like, um, uh, like, uh, Cold War, like town, town simulators, the town simulation, uh, like set, uh, sites, like they. They have that kind of stuff out there. Just these weird Americana like pro like set like set drops mm -hmm. that they've they, they've installed so that they they can like know how to uh, how to uh, they can train on how to navigate the uh, an American town in case of a uh, they go to war. Yep. When I read um, that, I was like, and again, yeah, wouldn't like, there be signs of gunfire or American target dummies around if that was the case, though? Um, not really, actually, because like they don't 
like they they might have it like they might have like specialized spots set up but like otherwise like it's more or less just for like navigating the, that kind of environment walking down the street <laughs> they might not actually hmm? <laughs> well no like walking through the street or like they might not even have like actual like live fire yeah, it was like a laser thing so it was like a big laser tag area yeah, yeah. because this is a big laser tag uh, story where they talk about laser tag a lot <laughs> yeah uh-huh yeah speaking of not this next quote oh. Oh, <laughs> um you see that i said pointing to some damage in the sidewalk under the light and making sure my hand didn't go through the bubble. There were huge, lengthy claw marks in the concrete. Like a really strong bear. Like strong bear. <laughs> um, strong like bear. Uh, like a really strong bear had tried to dig and tear its way into it. Were those always there? Jack wondered. Definitely starting to get some like from beyond vibes as, as like this story goes, like with the uh, like some tilling gas resonator sort of vibes, where like these like as soon as like those strange lights, like the the street lights were were uh, were shown and like how they their what their effect was, I was like, oh, we're definitely gonna have some like weird phasing tech or something, and there's gonna be some kind of like dimensional shambler or something that's gonna like come out of the uh, out of the 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 spheres of influence. Um, I also got a little bit of Gargoyle's vibe, <laughs> like, uh, claw marks? What could leave claw marks in solid stone? <laughs> uh, that was like the, like, that was like the opening line from Elisa Maza in the original Gargoyles episodes. Nice. <laughs> also, yeah, I forgot um, that, um, potentially the damage is only in the, this, the, like, secondary world, the, the secret world that it, it's in. Yeah. Um, cause I was. Also, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna ask. Like, do people come in and actually like fix the buildings and the damage after the 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 creature does all of its murdering? Because it made a lot of damage. We, this we time. don't know. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe the like that's why they have the security cameras. Like maybe they or and especially like since uh, what happened later in the story where like Boris destroys the fuck out of the electronics yeah. in it. Like the electronic controls, like it's like, are they going to get notification? Like it's no longer working, so they're going to send somebody out. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, and then, uh, moving on, um, here we got um, uh, as I as I ran across the parapet, I glanced over to my left to see that I was just inches from the spherical glow, while the top of the lamp itself was still some ten feet higher than all of these rooftops. If only we could turn them off. Okay, so throughout this story, I kept getting confused where the globes of light were emanating from, like, or even where they were positioned on the street really? lamps. Because, oh. like, earlier, they had to make a, a running... If they wanted to go, if they wanted to go down the, the center of the street, they'd have to make a running leap down the center of the street to make uh, to maybe get over the intersecting globes or the intersecting orbs is how I read it. But now that they're all like, but now they're eye level at on the rooftops with these uh, of these fake buildings, and the street lamps are ten feet higher than that. So like, I feel like I was like missing something in the writing, like while I was reading it. And it's like, what ex like? Because the way I was envisioning it was that like they were on they were street lamps that were high up 
and like it creates a, a bubble like with the epicenter being like the um the orb at the top of the, the the street lamp so like before i heard like they'd have to do like a running leap over the uh like like over or through the uh, the sphere of influence i was thinking that like maybe they'd they'd have to just like sort of shimmy down the down the center of the street like um like under the uh, the two inter- the two intersecting globes but they said running leap. <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't get. Because the globes, as far as I know, well, I actually 100% know, the globe's influence touches the street. Because at the start, when Boris is examining yeah. it, he's examining the street. And it it on the asphalt, showing the, uh, the claw mark and the weird dust and everything. So it does reach down oh. to touch the street. So that makes me think, yes. like, later on when they're running across the street and having to jump through them, why jump? Why didn't they just run through it? Jumping didn't help at all. If anything, it would slow them down, right? Yeah, I, I think, I think, to me, I think it's it's just like some of the writing is a little it kind of muddies the details of like where these globes are, or we're just idiots. <laughs> um, because like it it's it seems clear to me that like when they first introduced the streetlights, all right, they're up on like they're up a couple of like maybe like ten or twenty feet up in the air. And when they when they go on, they create this bubble with the epicenter at the top of the streetlight. So like, and they're on either side of the street. So there's like a sort of a middle ground that's like kind of like narrow. Like there's like a there's some some spots that are have like a window of opportunity to like squeeze through them, like uh, down the center of the street. But um, it was easy for easier for them to get up onto the roofs on the side of the building of the of these side buildings and avoid them entirely. Yeah, all all the light um, stuff was really confusing to me as well because when they first turned on, yeah. it sounded like there was ample space in between each one because of how spread out they were. Yet they couldn't just walk yeah. down the street for some reason. Yeah, exactly. That that's what was throwing I, me off. I think off. what it might like, be is um so in between each one on the same side of the street, there's a section of shadow. However, the two yeah. lights, one on one side of the street, one on the other side of the street, they intersect. So you can't just walk down the street, but if you get around, if you go up on the roof and get past one light, you could theoretically walk to the other side of the street. If you know what I mean. Yeah, like sort of like zigzagging around them. Yeah, or just like, keep going over the roofs, but you can't just go down the street because there's no straight line down the street. You would have to go around yeah. them. Because they're they're like um uh like rectangles like there's a rectangle and then there's a, a a thin rectangle of shadow and then a rectangle of light and then a rectangle of shadow that kind of thing all the way down the street across the yeah. entire width of the street Actually, i think that's what i thought it so, was saying however after the fact <laughs> yeah when the building crashes down and they're like we have to run across the street and they have to they have to go through the light for some reason even though in my head there should just be a clear line of shadow that they can run through. I was very confused. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm looking at the so and and to even add further confusion about the the locate like the situation, the story describes the lights as being like there's a light on either side of the street and like they intersect in the middle, um, like the bubble the bubble in, uh, intersects in the middle like a Venn diagram. I got that. That was that was yeah. clear. But the image that's on creepos.wiki. <laughs> Shows that they're they actually are um, like the lights are like there's one on the left side 
And then there's one down the way on the right side, almost like a zigzagging pattern um, along the street, according to the image that's on Google or that's on the creepfoss.wiki This image was done by Tyler. This was not a photograph taken. Yes, this was a concept. This is like much like, yeah, some kind of like concept art piece. Yeah. So I I wouldn't hold much weight on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because the uh, the creature is on the rooftop in the picture. Yeah. Um, and I'll I'll get back to like his drawings and later, but yeah, it just adds for there's there's some definitely definite confusion with the uh, the positioning of the globes of light uh, that were where this creature could could attack from. Yeah. Um, it kind of and it kind of seemed like the creature, each time oh, that they were encountering the light, it was in a completely different orientation. Like just yeah. for the sake of making it difficult, instead of having it consistent. Yeah. Yes, you can continue. Um, okay. Yeah, and actually, speaking of the creature, and also, um, I think later I'll have something about you. What you just said with the um, like creating, like creating a pro, like making it a problem for them and stuff like that. Um, I will. I'll go into the first thing with the creature. So here's the quote: um, "It was not. Orga- it was not at all organic." and was designed to emulate an actual great predator in only the most basic of ways. Still, it really did have a cat-like posture and looked closer to a tiger than anything else, a robotic war machine with sharp, serrated claws and jagged plates of solid steel armor, their edges jutting out in strange oblonged angles. So... Maybe the like my my theory here, my working theory is like the origins of this creature and some of that. Maybe the Soviets inadvertently created some kind of bleed effect when they were experimenting with those like phasing lights, like or like the their their optic lights and their laser uh, tech and stuff they were working on. Uh, like perhaps they 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 end, they accidentally created a bleed effect to a to a to an alternate future or a parallel universe where the tech to build mechanic mechanized war cats had occurred. Um, I, I wonder if this, if the other place that the machine cat comes from is actually an irradiated wasteland remnant of earth, like the Terminator future, almost like, yep. like that kind of style. And um, everything was covered and in dust and everything. The, well, yeah. Cause like, I, and they refer like the reference to the string to the reference to string theory and quantum superposition, um, that was brought up in the recovered research paper later in the story sort of hints to that, like my, like that theory being the strongest where like they created a effectively created a, a, they were able to create a portal or like a bleed phase to another reality or another timeline. Um, and also the exotic dust samples that they, of radioactivity that they find. And like, it reveals that like it was some kind of nuclear exchange on both sides, not just like the Soviets or the Americans. It was yeah. both. So and and no one knows about that like nuclear exchange in our reality. So mm-hmm. yeah, it it definitely feels like they they've this this uh this warehouse basically has a uh a bleeding portal to an apocalyptic earth <laughs> where we created war machines and nuked us and nuked ourselves into the stone age. Um also did the folks who developed Generation Zero read these stories? <laughs> this sort of reminds me like the hunter killer robots from uh, from that game. I think Gen Zero was released before this story was released. I think was it? So. Oh, you're, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think it, yeah, this was posted in 2020. So yeah. Um. Uh. 
also, also, uh, yeah, um, and zero is 2018. Um, yeah. Um, I did also, uh, like reading, like reading through this story, I always get jazzed about like the weird, like tech that they pull up and stuff of like that. And it's, it was definitely giving me some ideas for like an oh, eclipse phase or like a <laughs> tales from the loop style or, or a tales uh-huh. from the loop style game idea. Uh, and tales from the loop is actually more closely to like generation zero. Um, mainly because yeah, generation tales zero and tales from the loop were, <laughs> Yeah, and and they refused to acknowledge that, even though they 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 developed that that game in the same fucking town as the artist and author of the Tales from the Loop stories. <laughs> and they knew we, the, like members of the of the team knew the guy. It knew St- Simon Stalinhag, yeah. <laughs> and they not once brought up that. Oh yeah, we're doing a game that's very similar to your artwork and stuff like that. <laughs> Is he even in the special thanks or anything of that game? No, he's not. <laughs> in fact, they've. They went out of their way like that. Like I, I liked the game Generation Zero for the most part, but like the studio was kind of a dick. Yeah. Like they, 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 they actually almost went out of their way to to uh, to deny that like Simon Stalinhag was even an inspiration to their game. That's so, <laughs> so dickish. Like, yeah. Man. Like, ah, uh, yeah. But anyway, like, yeah, the that. whole idea of like <laughs> Soviet. <laughs> Uh, like Soviet mechanized like robots like attacking and stuff like that sort of they, it comes from Generation Zero but also like more prominently from actually Tales from the Loop because Tales from the Loop has like like deals with government facilities that like use like particle colliders and lasers and and uh, like they've developed like advanced robotics and stuff like that and they show up in like the more mundane like everyday world as a as a problem so um and there's even like some later stories in in the Tales from the Loop world where it's like uh, where they they deal with portals to a an apocalyptic Earth or like a or an Earth that has been changed dramatically as a result of like all their all the super science nice. fuckery. Um, but yeah, so that was I was getting vibes of that, and I I always love that kind of stuff. It's probably why I gravitate towards Tales from the Loop and like the Cold Relic stories in general because I love that kind of weird tech in in fiction. But uh, moving on, um, uh, again, I apologize for not doing the Boris voice right now, but I just, it seems to be, it, it's easier for me to just read it normally. <laughs> um, uh, until, that, until that metal creature emerged from the shadows again, stepping into the nearest light like a cat on the prowl. As much as it frightened me, I figured it wouldn't be able to do anything to us as long as we stayed in the darkness. The problem was the thing possessed some some form of intelligence and was especially aggressive or, ter- or territorial. And so and this is in regards to like the creature has to stay in the light, but it finds a loop. It finds a, it finds a way to, to, to bypass that or to like, kind of like navigate its, its situation by, by, attacking the uh, the lamppost and causing its light of influence to move into the into the direction of our our characters here. And as I was reading the story like um like seeing this seeing this was my like like my my thought on the on regarding the the threat level of like their their predicament the fact that this robotic creature can't pass physically out of the spheres um and I like how the I like how the author like we get to see the author's process of solving the problems or working with the limitations they've placed in their story uh, and its and its universe. Like 
again, the cat is stuck physically in the light and it, it becomes incorporeal or ceases to exist when it's not in the light spheres. So, but it's an intelligent killing machine. So it figures out that it has to move or like find a way to push the light into the direction of our, of our characters so that it can attack them. Um, and like later on, uh, like, yes, the characters are safe up on the buildings, but what if there was a second group that shows up, um, and is the reason why the lights came on and shows why those lights are dangerous. Like, well, that's like basically like the way the story was progressing. I was kind of appreciating the author setting up these problems and like, or like the setting up these like non problems, like, Oh, like they, they can climb up the, uh, the uh, climb up on the, um, or uh, they just won't turn on the lights and they'll be fine. Oh, somebody turned on the lights. Well, um, we'll just, we'll just hide up on the, and climb up on the, uh, the buildings and jump into the, through the shadows. Problem solved. Oh, um, the we we get to see the the uh, the people who turned on the lights and also reveal the monster and show the threat of the monster, um, and then have the monster be intelligent enough to try and like uh, uh, foil their plan of just hopping across the buildings and uh, over and over again. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I really appreciated like being able to see the pro- like the, uh, the the author's process of like solving his own problems that he's created. For like keeping the story going. I don't going. know if I would call it problems, but I, I basically have a note. Of like the problems same thing. for him, like but like solutions for yeah. them. <laughs> I pretty much have a note of the same thing, like, saying they that fo- I, yeah. I really like the es- escalation of the simple state of the light mechanic that's going on. Like first, it's state of the light, then they have to yeah. cross the roofs, then the monster moves the light, and then they're brought down to the same level as the monster to make it even more spooky. Yeah, it almost feels like a video, like how a video yes. game would progress in a way, like. They'd show like the situation, and then like, or you'd be able. They'd show you like how, like what the problem is. Then here's the solution. Then here's the next problem. Here's your next solution. Like you got to figure out the mm-hmm. next solution, and it keeps going from there. Like the like that's the game designer doing that in the author in this story, and it's also like in movies it does that sometimes with like survival horror movies specifically, where like the characters are trapped and like they have to figure out a solution to get away to no longer be trapped. Um, and now we get back to the the point where I, I uh, brought up earlier, uh, gamer. Uh, about um uh jack's reasoning and mm-hmm. stuff like that um it, it's not an obsession but more like a calling that almost feels like a mental infection and to that i was like that's an obsession <laughs> jack <laughs> um i also like to call it in my neck of the woods uh the in- the investigation sickness <laughs> mm-hmm. like and honestly, that's that's I think why Jack is doing all this and like why he's putting this out here is that he's he's contracted that same situation. Like he's he's come into contact with something or he's been introduced to something that is so weird and and and, and strange to him, but it, it compels him as at the same time. Like it's just that's how obsession tends to even happen. Like it's the investigation sickness. It's it's something that I like I, I'm joking about in these in these stories, but it is something that happens in both real life and also in fi- a lot of times in fiction. Okay, but the problem is early on, it says that Boris said that he doesn't know why Jack's here. Until now, he wasn't even interested yeah. in this thing, these things. So he, it's not like he's been yeah. obsessed with this stuff. This is his first foray, foray into like exploring and doing this stuff. So how is he already obsessed? So the thing is, you have to you have to remind you have to be, bear in mind is that Jack has been in in uh involved in this whole situation but he at, at the end of kitty land like 
he got his memory fucked up or like it was some kind of weird alternate reality thing that like happened or something. Um, and he like, whereas Kate wanted to keep going with like, figure out what's going on. Jack was like, I've got a family on some of that, but I'm guessing like we're again, this is some subtext stuff of like Jack tried to, tried to stay away from all this because he's raised, he's going to start raising a family, but he's still intrigued by it. And he can't get that out of his head. And he's worried that that obsession will, will start bleeding into like his family life. And so that's why he, he's come out here. He explains it. And in his, in his part of his story, he's come out here to try and like, maybe find a way to like break that obsession or, or just like to satisfy that obsession and so that he can go back to like his regular life. Well, I guess he's been keeping on the down low then because in the previous story, yeah. Boris um, responded to Kate saying, Jack wants nothing to do with any of this, like at all. Yeah. That's what he said, and uh, yeah, he put it on the like he tried to he tried to get away, but he got dragged back in because of his own, like his his mind was was pushing him mm-hmm. towards this. So yeah, like it that it it's very subtle and it's subtext stuff um, that takes like a couple of stories, like uh, like like knowing what like reading a few things in the in the previous stories, like you kind of get some of the context, but yeah, it's it's very subtle, but mm-hmm. it's there. Um, and my next one here, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I brought this up earlier about like Laszlo, like the next day Laszlo revealed that like he had been keeping some secrets. He actually had some stuff, uh, like some relics, including, um, uh, something related to the, uh, the laser gun. And it's like, and, uh, I, this was like right at the very end of the story. And I kind of like, I rolled a little bit cause I was like, of course he does. We got to keep the mystery train going. Yep. Toot, toot. Like, tune in next time. Yeah, exactly. Like, because like this has become a serialized series now, <laughs> like a super serialized series. <laughs> um, and again, I don't hate that. It's just like I kind of eye rolled because it's like it, it's, it's a it's a trope of like like this story could have ended with them finding nothing, um, at this place and just experiencing this weird thing, and it just goes back up on the. Uh, on the on the website because it's a weird cold war related uh artifact of horror um and then like the next story will just have like they, they found some information off like like uh they'll explain how they found it in the next story but of course we have to get uh that la- of course he was hiding some some information and like some materials that they needed or that they wanted um and and going a little bit further into that we have this part here um uh, in a file folder where in a file folder were the following research papers on light and laser technology schedules for urban combat training in the town a list of radio frequencies though it lacked context a draft for a research paper that made multiple references to string theory quantum superposition and schrodinger uh, there was absolutely nothing about the machine that stalked us but maybe it really did force a sudden evacuation before anything could be written about it on site. And finally, the real find, written in Cyrillic, a technical manual for a full laser tag toy set, complete with cross-section of the game or of the gun and vest. Yes, that's the biggest find. A fucking laser tag manual. Priorities, Boris. You just escaped a derelict Soviet testing site for phase tech. 
and a fucking mechanical tiger from another timeline. Instruction manual. But no, the real, the yeah, but no, the real find was the fucking laser tag manual. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it, it seemed a little that like I, I kind of like, I, I was pulled out of the story a little bit of like, uh yeah, like the, like man, the obsession is strong with these guys. <laughs> like, we just survived the most like the most outlandish sci-fi bullshit um of their lives but they are so, they're way more interested in this fucking manual about well, laser because guns because it made it all worth it I, I i guess yeah i guess in in that light yeah that that's sort of why he's like so excited about it that was because the reason it, they were they going didn't just come here for nothing place, was to yeah. find something about laser tag or anything about that company and they did however they also found all this other shit but they did find it that is true yeah i, I guess i like i i guess my uh, the payoff like that 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 was meant for the story sort of just like pulled me out because it was like all the other weird shit that it had just happened and that yeah. was his priority <laughs> so but yeah it's like uh, climbing a mountain and killing a uh, dragon to get like a donut it was the only donut yeah. in the land. Or no, 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 no. Climbing a mountain like you're like Mount Everest, fighting yet fighting a horde of yetis on the way up there, getting up to the top, planting your flag, looking out at the sunset, radioing in. It's like and it's like, uh, so you made it up to the top. Yep. Anything else exciting? Nope. <laughs> like don't even talk. About I made it. to the top. That's that was true. what was important. Yeah, exactly. Just never brings it up. Like, it's like, oh, that was yeah. that's no biggie. Fighting a horde of yetis, that's fine. <laughs> that's that, that's, that's a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's kind of where I was like, my my, my critically silly mind was yeah. going with that. <laughs> it's just like, um, but moving on to the next ridiculous thing. Uh, the next morning, the three of us got together for breakfast at the bakery, and then Laszlo was nice enough to take us all the way down to Kiev. We said our goodbyes, and he drove off into the proverbial sunset. Two days after losing his arm. Was it only two days? <laughs> it was only like two days. Like they, they, they booked their, uh, their time at the hostel for like three days. The first night of the first day and night, they were at they they uh, were resting up, and then they went to the um, to the uh, uh, what, uh, the to the to the site. Then that night, they ran out of the site with a uh, with a mortally injured Laszlo to the nearest doctor, who then t- uh, told them to go to the nearest hospital. Uh, and then a day went by, and he was released a- after a day. <laughs> and the next day, they were having food and and they uh, and they uh, the, the breakfast at that bakery. And and Laszlo drove them with one arm, <laughs> on, I presume on medication, to Kiev, to the to the, to to, to Ukraine's capital. Yeah, maybe they should have stayed. <laughs> and then the- and then drove. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that. Like I. Okay. Thus far, like my my notes here are thus far this story has been pretty good about logistics of things and grounding it in some kind of like base reality so that like it's not too outlandish except for laszlo's recovery from losing half of his fucking arm <laughs> like he even dri- and like yeah like i even, I even say like he even drives them to kiev like a couple of like an, a couple of hours drive down the down through the country into the capital like damn those ukrainians are fucking yeah, hardcore <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I just like I lost my shit <laughs> by the end of the story. I was like, what? <laughs> like priorities with Boris and the and the laser tag thing. Laszlo uh, being a fucking champ and like driving them one armed and on medication into the capital of Ukraine. <laughs> like, goddammit. Um, and then the next thing we have here is actually from uh, another. So it's from uh, the next email, I think, entry uh, from date 12 19 20 from Tyler to Boris, subject re Ukraine incident. Nah, man, liminal space. It's kind of a concept right now on the internet, mostly pictures of places that feel too empty and a little ominous or threatening, like a long hallway in a dead mall that makes you feel vulnerable as you pass through it. Just Google it. You'll see. In that fake town, you you getting ready to cross the threshold, as they call it, really fits the title. And yeah, so he uh, talks about... Uh, he uh, also goes on about... Um, uh, bu- bu- bu. uh yeah and then he goes on it's like i'll i'll read the story a few to more times whip up some crappy some of my crappy art and get it on the site by the end of the month so i like how this story is sort of um cold relics is like love letter in a way to back rooms or like abandoned uh liminal spaces uh like i just found that really neat because like again we've I, I really like the idea of like the back rooms and like I, I follow multiple Twitter feeds that like pull that post like images of liminal spaces, like just these weird, creepy, abandoned and empty expanses of architecture. And the fact that we're reading this story, that's kind of a love letter to that was mm-hmm. was kind of neat. Um, also, I like that they actually that 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 um, uh, that Tyler actually references the sketchy art on the Cold Relics website. But I do find it weird that the user Digigecko, and I, 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 I was, I'm, I'm still assuming that Digigecko is Tyler or whoever the author of the Cold Relic stories are, doesn't use that sketchy artwork on the what? wiki version. Because yeah, um, liminal, the liminal warehouse um, sketch is like a very sketchy drawing of the robot um, passing through the light. Fuck sakes. Every um, single time with one of these fucking stories, <laughs> there's different art on this site compared to the one that I have. Yeah, yeah, I know. Sorry. No, it's it's cool. I it's almost like I tr- I kind of haphazardly do it to get that reaction. <laughs> to get that to get that genuine reaction. So uh, off recording, me and Gamer were talking about how, what the what we thought the creature looked like. This robot thing, and I and and. Uh, uh, gamer, what did you what did you think the creature looked like? Um, well, for me, when I first saw it, I saw it as a um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Uh, I believe I mainly saw it as either a black or gunmetal metal construction with like exposed um, hydraulics and all that. Um, but it's not like super bulky, and it's relatively realistic quote-unquote in its shape almost like a like the saber-toothed tiger zord like it's the strip looks like a tiger i mean, no, zord. I mean zord i mean the power ranger one honestly. oh oh the zord, zord, yeah. one is very yeah, like you. extremely yeah. bulky but the zord is actually kind of mm-hmm. more slender like a very slender quote-unquote realistically shaped tiger with red eyes gotcha um yeah i definitely i, I definitely had like 
a couple of like cha- it changed a little bit over the course of the story because um like they kept bringing up like they they kept like not seeing it or like half seeing it so like uh when it when it first showed up i thought it was just like some kind of tiger that like they they had fucked around with like phasing tech and so now it was this like tiger that was stuck in this liminal space or in this like weird like other space but then like i said that it was all it was not organic it was all mechanical and so i kind of had um basically the look of like the tiger or the big cat transformer from the uh, michael bay movies yeah transformer like that's another um, another way that i could yeah that's the one that i was thinking of yeah and also and that that was mostly because of the description of like the metal paneling and like the metal plating was like kind of protruding at, at, yeah. at weird angles so it was like kind of like a lot of those like transformer designs are like really like really intricate and like almost kind of confusingly also, I intricate. This is the art that you're referring oh. to that he did on the Cold Relic site. It's like all black and white. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that that's basically the 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 type of art he does for all of the uh, the, the Cold Relic stories. I did not know that that was a thing. <laughs> I thought I brought it up like in the last ones, in the last couple of ones. You brought it up and I got pissed, but I didn't go to the website and click on the art. <laughs> you just linked it. Ah, I got you. Yep. And Mikey, what did you, what did you think the creature looked like? Well, shouldn't the uh, creature be white? Because uh, it mentions that the colors in the uh, spheres sort of disappear. Or become less. Yeah, that's why I said it was like black or um, gunmetal gray. Yeah. Although it, it had clearly red yeah. eyes. But they can't see it. <laughs> it, like, it takes them a bit to see it, right? So yeah. if it's blending into that washed out color. Um I don't know. See, I, I always just saw it like whenever it like went into the light, it like it was sort of like a it, it had a darker I always thought it had a darker hue because it was standing out um, amidst the light because again, like when it goes out of the light, it, it just ceases to exist or like kind of fades into the shadows uh, and can't be, can't physically interact. Um, now that I think about it, that art that but, he did is wrong. But, it doesn't show at all in the darkness. Yeah, yeah. That dark section should be completely gone. Or even like, um, like dotted line almost. Just to, again, like just as a, just to sort of it's illustrate that it's like, there. it, it, yeah. Good job, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sorry, go ahead. Um, and there's also the other thing that it can move at 50 miles per hour, so it it's moving really quickly between the lights mm-hmm. in the yeah. first time we sort of see it. <laughs> yeah, it's just basically a blur. That being said, there was a couple of times um, where it just piece. sat there in the light looking at them. So they had a very clear yeah. visual of this guy. Yeah, they even had like a close up of it, like because it was like right there, waiting for one of them to like put any of their like digits or anything into the light so they yeah. interact with but, it. But like the only thing we got that was a clear visual was it had red eyes, and I had a clear visual of yeah, like red um, of exposed hydraulics and stuff because it was sent constantly referencing the sounds of them and everything. But that's about all I had to go yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I was content with this. Like, it's some kind of robotic tiger creature. Like, it's a yeah. tiger bot. <laughs> so, because it does, it does reference that it's like it had the basic shape of a of a of a big cat. Yeah, or but a even tiger. if it said like when it's referencing um, the the metal, even if it was just gray metal, because then I'd be like, okay, it's a gray metal yeah. tiger with red eyes. Cool. 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, I still, I still like, even without it saying that, I still kind of like defaulted to like just like a, yeah. a gun metal, like you said, like a dark gray metal. So it did refer to its um, armor as steel. I think that's maybe why I defaulted yeah. to that. Hmm. Stainless steel armor. Oh, uh, so it would be chrome, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is stainless steel always shiny? Um, I don't know. It is when you buff it. Don't no. <laughs> yeah. Um. But getting back to the uh, to the story, uh, and actually my last okay. my last actual thought here. Um. And it's basically like, yeah, talking about like, um, uh, damn. Oh, so this is from, again, 12, 25, 20, from Boris to Tyler, uh, subject update. So this is like five or uh, about five days after um, they uh, they last talked about like the, the liminal space and stuff like that. And uh, he's like, damn, crazy how time goes by. He woke up two, di- two years ago today. Uh, I know... I know what happened to him isn't exactly a story about lost Cold War history and relics, but if you're going to keep up your creepypasta library, no matter what happens to us, then you might as well work on it. I think it would fit. Uh, I think it would fit it on the. Oh, there's actually. Okay. Uh, I think it would fit it on the website. So first off, grammar inquisition, uh, like last minute grammar inquisition. I think it should say. I think it would fit in on the website not fit it on the website um but also uh and that's our lean in to the next story of the cold relic series because turns out our hero woke up from his coma two years ago why was that just kind of like glossed over but all the main character i don't don't, entire story yeah he woke up he's fine that happened two years ago (laughs) yeah damn it's weird yeah and it well and and for some reason, in the last two years, um, Tyler's hasn't been able to bring himself to uh, cobble together and complete the story. But now, because Boris has given him this completed story, he now feels compelled to finish that story. So it is sort of, yeah, it is sort of like, so what happened in that? What happened after he woke up? Like, did, is is he actually our hero or is he Mr. Funbun? Yeah, I'm sure we're going to find uh, out. Like, but uh, in I the feel me- like that story should be coming before this one. It, yes and no. Um, like it's clearly like he didn't. Part of it is like, again, like they give the they give an, they give a reason in the story why they ha- it's taken this long for them to like do it is because Tyler hasn't really been able to bring himself to finish that story, uh, or to gather up the information that he needs to complete it and stuff until now. But honestly, like out of game, it's or out of fiction, it's probably because the writer didn't feel like writing that story yet. Um, so. But um, also, kind of, I, I like I kind of like the meta ness at, at the end there, calling it uh, calling their site the Creepypasta mm-hmm. Library, because <laughs> there are a bunch of folks that are really like kind of net savvy, and again, like they, yeah, they're, they're Creepypasta fans. <laughs> like, there's definitely a Venn diagram uh, between like uh, anachronistic, weird, lost media and Creepypastas. So, yep. But uh, yeah, that's my my actual thoughts. So, Mikey, the E stands for evil. That should did do. So, my first actual thought here uh, is that there was a missed opportunity. So, when they're in the car with Laszlo going 
to check out the site. Uh, here's the quote here. I liked the guy enough, but I needed a break from his jokes and stories. So there could have been a bunch of dad jokes or side stories just told by Laszlo. Why dad? Or at least, or at least one, or like like a couple, and then have this line and just it kind of comes out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he has yeah, some character building for him. But yeah, like maybe it's not said that he was doing that enough that like it didn't happen a couple mm-hmm. of times, and then he goes, "Okay, I want this to end so these jokes can end." You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Hmm. Also, I was yeah. a little confused when you said like the dad jokes. I was like, but Jack's not the one talking about this because Jack is going to be the dad. You don't have to be a dad <laughs> to make dad jokes. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know that better than anyone. My pain is mm. my pain is real. <laughs> Did you do? And then, uh, my. Next actual thought here uh, is in regards to where the story takes place. So, uh, first we have the quote, uh, When he first told you about the address of this warehouse, did he think it was in Chernobyl? I was like, okay, so based on that, we're not in Chernobyl. No. But then they're looking at the warehouse from the outside and talking about the shape. And it goes, it would be replacing and covering the original sarcophagus that locked away the destroyed Chernobyl reactor. No. Okay. You're you're missing, you're missing actually a thing that happened that they said right before that, where it was reminiscent to the, to a, to a new construction that was happening down South. That would be replacing the. I think that I'm pretty sure that that they say that like that it was a, it resembled the the new installation that's being built around the uh, the current Chernobyl, uh, reactor. Yeah. Well, later, yeah, because they mentioned Chernobyl again, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it clears it up for me. Yep. But it just took a while. So the next vote, uh, he mostly avoided the question and. Then, shared his fascination with the giant building we had just seen, marking that it didn't look like it had been built to simply house something, but rather like its possible counterpart in Chernobyl, it was made to keep something inside. Yeah. Like, yeah, the reference... It, it's clear that this story also took some inspiration from the, um, like, from Chernobyl as well, because again, like, they're in yeah. Ukraine, it involves a uh, a, a secret fac- or like a, a a facility that is used to contain something <laughs> like there's definitely some parallels in the story yeah that. yeah it just for whatever reason i kept going back and forth like is this chernobyl or not like <laughs> <laughs> okay gotcha um so it And then even in like the dialogue, like when they're like telling their backstories, he like I think Laszlo is like our second sarcophagus, <laughs> like referencing 
the sarcophagus around the, the it's actually called the sarcophagus uh the uh the, ins- the installation that's built around the uh the reactor core uh in mm-hmm. Chernobyl. so <laughs> or it's dubbed that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay uh did you do anyway uh my next actual thought is just um something funny um so the first time Laszlo speaks. Uh, I got a Scottish accent. Why? <laughs> uh, and I have the quote here. Please. <laughs> I, the classics, right? Laszlo said with a laugh. There's mostly <laughs> nothing inside the building. I've looked. Well, we'll, er, let's walk. I'll tell you what I knew. Okay, but why? Okay. <laughs> it's just fine because it started with I. So oh, I it was doomed. <laughs> it was doomed from the start. Yeah, that's fair. That's entirely fair. Aye, laddie. My name's Laszlo. <laughs> uh, wow. Mikey, you so cray. <laughs> and then so for the rest of the story, did Laszlo talk uh, in Scottish accent to you? Um, he did for a bit, but then he it waned after a while because he he didn't <laughs> say I again to. <laughs> Rekindle the Scottish. Um, Meanwhile, I was reading this entire story like I was reading a uh, Metro 2033 uh, novel. (laughs) Just as as Artyom. (laughs) Here in the Metro. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. When they're talking about the... uh, the purpose of the site mm-hmm. of yeah, my mind went straight to it being a movie set. Yeah. <laughs> because they straight up mention uh, back to the future. Um, to be fair, that, that film set for Hill Valley has been used in multiple movies. Yeah, but... it, it, exactly. Like <laughs> we found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was in Ukraine the whole time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why build another set if you've already got one? Yeah, no fair. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like when Amer- when uh, Hollywood uh, goes to like Prague or um or like another an- other Eastern uh, Eastern European countries to uh, film their uh, their movies because of uh, mm-hmm. tax benefits. <laughs> that's what that that's what that's what happened with the uh, with um with the 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 town set of uh, the town setting for um for the Back to the Future and like Gremlins and stuff. They just they had this installation built in Ukraine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which explains why it was never dismantled, because they're going to use it again. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That's why it was. That's why the only security camera, the only security around the place, is cameras. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. a silly camera. I'll shut up. <laughs> All right. 
Now, my next quote here. Uh, he didn't even bother to respond. He got on top of the roof's parapet, checked to make sure he had good balance, and without hesitating, picked up some speed and made the five-foot-long jump to the top of the neighboring tavern. He made it look easy. To which my response is, yes, he did make it look easy. <laughs> That's a very daunting 1.5-meter jump. Um, yeah. Also, I have to ask because because you brought up the line. Did anybody else misread that the first time? Is like uh, he he jumped a five dollar foot no. long. <laughs> Hell, I definitely fucking like I definitely reread. I had to reread that because I added five dollar foot at long. The time? <laughs> Probably. No, I could use the uh... Snickers. <laughs> No, the the only misreading I had was um, uh, the quote here. And then, at long last, early in the morning, I arrived at my home in Buffalo with a few treasures to add to my lunchbox. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. I must have been hungry as well. Yeah, that kind of does <laughs> yeah. look like lunch lunchbox, yeah. This is a lockbox. Yep. <laughs> All right. And then the uh the scene that has the um we get introduced to the tiger running 50 miles per hour. Yeah. He, he stops, and then the one German takes off running. And then it takes a while for the um, tiger machine to go after him, which is explained later that from a sitting position, he sort of charges his pistons and whatnot to be able to strike at full speed. Yeah. But at, at that point, it doesn't explain that. So I'm just in my head, I'm like, why is it taking so long for the robot to react? It, it did say it had to decide like, which one it had to, it wanted to go after. And it, that that and in in the writing, that's showing that the creature is going after the person is still in the light, <clears throat> not the one that's in the darkness. Yeah, but it still took um, like he, the German got a few lights down the road. Yeah, before it kicked in, that oh, I'm going yeah. after this one. Hmm. I, I kind of just saw that as like showing again the the the, the ridiculous speed and threat that this thing has because <laughs> like yeah this this guy is like uh, gonna gonna be able to like outrun this guy nope bam just it just needed a little bit of a charge before it attacked well, no he wasn't it, uh, even charging you're just sitting there so if anything maybe he was just playing with yeah. his food he's like yeah I'll give you a head start go ahead yeah 
Yeah, like yeah. like a cat would. Like <laughs> like like a, it's probably it was probably programmed to be like a ver- like a like a, a hunter killer slash uh, like an actual like feline predator. But that being said, I do agree with you, Mikey. Wherever it, it came from, a while and it was weird. I expected him to immediately go after the guy that was running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then. The uh, the next quote here. Uh, After seeing the hunter knock down a streetlight, I was worried that it would do the same to the one outside the store, which produced a glow that removed escaping through the windows as an option. Twitch says, "Finally, we have a yeah. name for this: the hunter." Yes. <laughs> I mean, I never use it. <laughs> well, the, well, I always referred. I always, I will always refer to this thing as no, the Tiger Bot. <laughs> I always called it the Hunter after that point because it had somewhat of a name. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, so I, I like that it actually got a name. <laughs> yeah, it is good that it gave. They actually gave it a name and not just a descriptor. Hmm. All right. Uh, and then uh, I like the fact at the end that the radioactive dust that was examined has faces from multiple sources. Yeah. Um, because it either solidifies an alternate reality or that there was a mass mind wipe. I, I'm pretty sure we're dealing with a with an with a uh a face to another reality or timeline because like or it was our timeline and then they had to correct it and wipe everyone's memory the timeline to what originally happened <laughs> yeah yes that that's mm-hmm. a possibility i'll, I'll give you that <laughs> <laughs> And that's the end of my actual thoughts. All right. My go. Gamer. Um, <laughs> the first one is out of uh, order because I thought of it after the fact when you were talking about um, you're doing your run through. Uh, basically, I'm asking why the lab coat was up on the roof because if the creature was up there doing the damage, it probably would have crushed the building due to its weight. And if it got the scientist, the coat would go with the scientist. Because it's when it's grabbed guys and take them away, they're just gone. So the only thing I can think up is a scientist was yeah. slashed on the back, but he managed to get away into the darkness, climbed up there, took the coat off, dropped it, and continued on. However, if that was the case, there would be like a blood trail, probably, considering the back was shredded, so his back would have been fucked. Yeah, uh, although maybe because it's so dark down there, like maybe uh uh Boris just didn't notice the blood, the, yeah, the dried blood stains point. on the on the ground. I was also going to suggest maybe it was um, a lab coat that was like down on the street ground, like and like it just it got thrown off, it got taken off of one of the scientists when he was getting grabbed, and maybe some urban ex- uh, one of the other explorers that were in here found it, brought it up, and and brought it up to the uh, rooftop when the light went on for them, and they just left it there in the heap. Um, 
but it is kind of weird that it's up on the it is sort of like it's up there in the dark corner away from the light and where's the body because i was expecting a body if i'm being yeah. honest like it, it's okay. just up there for the revelation that there's a creature out yeah. there Meanwhile, that's just yeah, about exactly. to happen soon anyways, the actual revelation. So it was kind of unnecessary. But it was... I, You say it's unnecessary. I, I honestly I liked it because it added to more like... It, it kept few, it kept stoking my the fire of like my brain where it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what what what's in here with them? Like, it kept mm-hmm. stoking that for me. So... Well, the difference yeah. between you and me... Um... Well, I mean, you saw the art too. You saw the stalker art. Yeah. The, yes. Oh, by, by the way, on the um, Cold Relics website under art, it's called Stalker, not Hunter. So great. <laughs> anyway, thanks, anyways, Tyler. You saw the black and white image of the robot, right? Okay. Yes. But uh, no, no. I, okay, actually, uh, you yes. you mean while I was reading the story? No. Because I pulled, I pulled the story from the creepos.wiki site. I actually checked the Cold Relic site after I'd done re- reading it. But did you look at the image on the creepypasta.fandom site? Nope. I read the story, just the words. Okay, didn't look the first at the, thing at the I image. did was I blew the image up, and r- right there in the background, there's a silhouette of a <laughs> tiger-looking thing with red eyes. So I knew that there was some sort of a tiger-looking thing with red eyes right from the get-go. That's on the rooftop. Yeah. <laughs> it never makes it to the roofs in the story. You saw. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. There were yeah, noises and, and stuff in the background. Yeah. I have a note on that as well. I forget where specifically. Um, basically, Tyler's saying, uh, oh, right. In regards to the name, he's like, I'll, I'll, I thought of a cool name, the Liminal Warehouse. It sounds cool, and it doesn't give away what the the the, the villain is. Meanwhile, his freaking artwork gives away what the villain is. So yeah. What's the yeah. reason? Like, why bother trying to be coy about God it? Goddamn it, Tyler. Yeah. Goddamn it, Tyler. 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 <laughs> but I'll continue. Yeah. Where the hell was I? There's, uh, I the shredded lab coat? Yeah, okay. I mark all of them off as we talk about them. Cool. Uh, this is in regards to um, uh, Horace not knowing why Jack wanted to come by. And he just said, at that point, I still had no idea why he wanted to come by with me as much as he did. And at that, at that point, this is the second time in short order, like within a paragraph or two, that he's mentioned how unsure he is that, um, that Jack wanted to come. Like it's a bit heavy-handed at that point, and by the end, at the reveal of why he came, I don't feel it was warranted to be so heavy-handed. Like you could just say it once, and that's enough. Like he doesn't know why he's there, but Fair. he's here. Like it wasn't some huge revelation, you know. It it did. I will admit that, like when I first read the story, I actually had some notes ahead of time, but I removed them because it was revealed to be like they were superfluous and like they were not really yeah. needed. But I, I'll bring them up, like bring part of it up now. Just in that, like I had notes and I had suspicions of Jack in that, like that he was actually because uh, I, again I didn't I didn't remember who Jack was until like 
near the end yeah, of the story. <laughs> um, so I thought he was like some new guy that like Boris knew or like from maybe the the online community, and perhaps he was a he was a spy for the Shadow Group, mm-hmm. and so that's why he. And so there's going to be some reveal that he was actually here. Uh, keeping tabs on what the uh, the the, uh, the cold relics folks were looking for. Yep. But that didn't happen. So yeah, like I kind of agree. Like they sort of made it almost like heavy-handed that like y- it could be misinterpreted. Yeah, and at the point when they're all talking about their backstories and stuff, there's way more impact mm-hmm. from Boris's and Laszlo's than Jack's. Jack's just like, I don't know. I just want to. I've become a little obsessed with it, and I want to get some closure so I can go back to my normal life. Like it's not as yeah. <laughs> tear jerking or um, pulling at your heartstrings as the other two. Yeah, poor Boris. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also poor Laszlo. Yeah. <laughs> like, specific more more so poor Laszlo because like you, we actually get the reason why he comes out here and also why he was so like trepidatious about like any kind of information, like some of the information he was withholding yeah. and stuff. Like, it was actually traumatizing. So. I mean, Jack saved the day in a lot of ways. Because he kept Boris oh, alive, yeah, yeah. and he was like Mister Positive, and making sure that people can jump and helping all the freaking time. So it's not yeah. like he shouldn't have been there. It's just his reveal wasn't his, very yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah, and I mean I, that's not too. That's not super bad. Like that's not like entirely negative about it. Like I, I do feel like each character did bring their own. Like, like I, I love. I, I think I loved all the characters mm-hmm. really. Like Boris was cool. In, in his own in 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 the ways that like I've come to expect Boris to be cool, uh, Laszlo was actually like I was surprised that, like Laszlo was was as fun as it was, and he also had an interesting character arc because like he was basically the 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 pre movie survivor of 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 the of the horrible place that the the characters now are going to again. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, like I there's a movie called Komodo that they did that where like the character they showed like kind of a pre kill scene and like the character one of the characters survived that scene and now they were going back to the same location like years later after like therapy and like dealing with the, after coping with the traumatizing situation and that's kind of what the the, the trope or or um uh niche that that laszlo filled in the story he wasn't just their guide he was also the the original survivor yeah. of the situation uh and then again like you said jack was sort of upbeat and like sort of the uh the 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 uh the mr positive and like he was the, like he's the nice guy basically mm-hmm. throughout this. So like I, I it's sort of like yeah his his backstory wasn't as impactful but I mean like he brought things to the table um to kind of compensate for that I guess. Yeah, for sure. I just wish there was a better reason for him being there. Fair. Like it could have been anything. Like uh after thinking about it and reading through all the stories and seeing all the struggles you you guys are going through, like one way or another, you guys are my friends and I want to help you out. Like that would be better than yeah. him just being like, I don't know. I'm, I have a slight obsession with it now, all of a sudden for reasons. Or like, yeah, maybe after what happened to our hero, like that's when he started like kind of helping a little bit more in the, in behind the scenes. And then like, now he's in the more of the stories again. Yeah. But I'll move on from there. Okay. So uh, Jack is asking Boris about laser tag stuff when they're on the plane. And um, and Jack says, what if the guns themselves were mostly normal, but the vests had one of those exotic engine devices inside them to to make them vaporize the wearer? And then um, Boris, in his head, uh, says it was obvious which of the Cold Relic stories interested Jack the most. And he keeps talking, 
after the paragraph. So I saw this as like the camera slowly pulling focus on Boris as Jack sits there awkwardly waiting for a response as the camera focuses on Boris's internal monologue while he's really not answering Jack. He just kind of left him hanging there. Yeah, just like Jack's like, Boris? Hello? Boris? He was obvious to the cold relics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like like them them both of them in the in the shot and then like it cuts it like as soon as like jack is done like explaining what he wants like what, what he thinks about the laser thing he starts zooming to boris and like jack looks over to the camera it's like like it's like wait why is it zooming in wait, what, <laughs> i'm just talking like, what's going on like yeah it, is, it's like, it was obvious what, what story he was interested in and like as it as the camera's like petting out jack is like slowly being like pulled away from, like pulled off like camera yeah. basically I was like, "What? What's going on?" Yeah, pretty much. Big, big hook comes in, and pulls him off screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, move on. Our guide and driver was driving. Uh, Our guide and driver was waiting for us with his ride—a pale yellow Volkswagen Golf from around 1992. Woo! Bonus points for yellow and a Golf. I loved the 2000s <laughs> Golf that we had. It was a great little car. So that's close oh, to okay. it. It's also yellow, which is even better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then um, he goes on to describe Laszlo, saying, not Laszlo, though. Risk takes that he was. He had been in there several times and put it out there shamelessly that he had taken scrap and old tech from the place for a small profit. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, I can't wait for him to refuse to go in with him because he has a bummed ankle or something like that. Like, basically, that he was a poser. <laughs> Or yeah, not <laughs> yeah. <at all. laughs> and he's surprised. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this story does kind of like pull away from expectations mm-hmm. a little bit in the st- throughout yep. the story. Uh, actually, just to, as a quick aside, like uh, one of the examples I had of that, I actually ha- held my breath while reading the part where like they they have to go across that road, like through the through that light, like through that uh, that sphere yeah. of light, and like like we had Jack go through, then uh, then um, Boris went through, and then like. Uh, and then when uh, when uh, Laszlo went through, I like held my breath, like, and I and I had that moment where like a shot, bang, a glance, oh, sorry, yeah. like I had that moment where because I read the first like that line, like holding my breath, like uh, Laszlo made it across, made it through, uh, made it, or passed through. It's like, and I thought that 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 signified that he made it. And then like the next line dropped, I was like, oh no, yeah, I kind of had the same thing, yeah, because <laughs> because I thought for sure one of them was going to get yeah. killed. Like I knew it wasn't going to be Boris because he's writing the story yes. down, <laughs> like two years later. But um, Jack, I was I was concerned from a for... previous story. <laughs> when he was supposed to introduce, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I didn't realize he was the previous Jack. I was like, okay, well, this new random Jack guy is clearly here to die. But no, yeah. Turns out though that was the Germans that <laughs> that were uh, yes. that showed up. I'll yeah. continue. Sorry. Uh, my next one is just kind of a blanket statement to um I really like the length that they go they being the the, the writer to build up the fear of something as simple as turning a light on like for yeah. the longest time I'm like what the fuck's going to happen when they turn the light on and then they do turn on like oh shit yeah. <laughs> yeah no I that that's something I think I brought up earlier is like I like the the escalation the anticipation like even with the lab coat like like the the claw marks in the ground, like when they look at the like through the light and see like the, the claw marks in the in the cement, and then they see like the the claw, he uh, Boris sees the clawed like lab coat. It's like, what the fuck is in here with them? <laughs> but yeah, 
And the next one, uh, we waited until we saw two guys come in, not much older than me and Jack, but I knew that they were here to show the danger of the lights without sacrificing any of the main characters. <laughs> Sorry, that second part was me. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, yeah 100%. Like, <laughs> like, but I didn't hate, no. did you hate that? Or like, because I didn't, no, I didn't hate fine. that at all. However, <laughs> that being said, uh, I find it kind of dumb slash funny that every time that Laszlo tells them to be quiet, they just don't. They just start screaming. Like, he knows something, and yeah. they know he knows something. So they're not even, A, they're not listening to him at all, and B, Laszlo isn't attempting to make his point known. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, it it does make sense, like when you read like through the story, because like, for, well, for well, for their on their end, they don't. They there's a little bit of mistrust between them and Laszlo, and also, like, they are good people. They're trying to warn these guys, so like that's why they're being loud and stuff like that. And Laszlo's like, uh, like again, trepidations of like wanting to like say anything or like is because he's suffering from some kind of from from post traumatic stress syndrome or some kind of trauma. As a result of losing his like losing his dad there, and then literally seeing his brother get taken away by this creature. Yeah, but something as simple as <laughs> so, like, like it's sort of he like says like to be quiet. Even if they just yeah. ask like, "Why do we need to be quiet?" and he just says like, "It can hear us." Like even if he says something as simple as that, that would have been yeah. really good. Yeah, because even after falling to the ground, because hey, then and them hiding in the yeah. corner, and again warning him not to make noise because they're bashing into the wall, like. They just they don't listen. Yeah, and even after all that, all three of them sit down having a heartfelt moment, talking about their backstories, making noise. Because <laughs> like it said that yeah, in it, the, street, it was, it... the place is dead quiet, so this thing knows where they are. Yeah, but it yeah. can't get to them because they're they're trapped in there right now. Uh, honestly, like uh, as soon as they got like they were trapped in that building, it's like, and here's the part in the movie where the characters are all stuck in a in a spot for for a little bit. So let's get some backstory to kind of get us to know the characters a little bit That's more. Exactly right. <laughs> And again, like, I didn't hate it, but it was like, I, I acknowledge yes. that trope <laughs> is there. So this next part, uh, Jack says, uh, Boris, I have a bit of medical training. Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, that's confusing. Regardless, Boris, I have a bit of medical training. Jack told me, uh, let me help him. There's no point in both of us trying to reach the control room. So this is after they run across and he gets his arm bit off, obviously. Um, so yeah. I thought up until that point, the plan was just to get across, use the fire escape to get to the roof, and then leave. So then yep. he just says, like, immediately after the bite, he says, Boris, I have some medical training. Let me help him. There's no, there's no point both of us trying to reach the control room. Meanwhile, there was no plan to go to the control it, room it, yeah. at all. It is, it is weird because, like, a little bit, like, shortly after that, um, Boris comes up with a plan to go to like they're not gonna like they realize like like um, Laszlo's seriously injured and they don't want this creature getting out. So they I, I think what they what Boris realized or, or what they all what what, what uh, Boris and Jack realized was that they wouldn't be able to simply just escape this place and go. They they need to shut down this the power of yeah, this but place. Without saying that, so and it was just so confusing. Oh no, I, I under yeah, yes, you're absolutely right. Because like sorry, I also realized like the fact that like the way La the way Laszlo is injured, he's not gonna be able to do the thing that they were gonna planning on doing and like hopping through the darkness of the on the rooftops. 
Um, like they, they in, order, in order for Laszlo to survive this, to escape this, they need to turn the lights off. So the, suddenly the plan has changed to doing that. And like, I get that. But yes, you're absolutely right. This comes out of left field because there's no explanation for it. Like, it's just sort of like, it's almost like they, they're on TACnet or they're like psychically like linked. It's like they know exactly what yeah, they have to do weird. now. <laughs> and like at that point, yeah. he's even if, um, okay, the plan was to escape via the roof and all that. But at this point, he's asking him yeah. for as far as they know, um, Jack is asking Boris to run all the way back to the town hall to try to get in to where the control room is. Because up until that point, that is all they know. Laszlo said that the control room is up there behind that window. So, yeah. realistically, if he was going to follow that line of thought, he would be turning around and going back where they came. Right at the very start. There clearly need to be... Yes, but that isn't the case because like the the actual entrance to that control room is not in the town. It's on the he outside of the town. Know that I know, I know there needs to be. I, I I'm I'm with you, gamer. <laughs> there needs to be something here, like brought up, like even like the plan has changed. Um, like have even have like Laszlo say like the 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 Germans probably went around the back or something like that. You need to go there. Yeah, all we got in order to turn the lights off. All we got off, is yeah. Laszlo saying control room, not real, and then he passed out. But what the hell does that mean? The most that would mean is him admitting that he lied about the location of the control room. Great. But how the fuck would he find it? Like, I get it that he didn't want to tell um, them about the hunter and all that, but why the wrong location of the control room? The best thought I had coming up uh, with that answer is I suppose so even if they wanted to turn on the lights they'd go to the wrong place like that's fine okay that's fine that he lied about the the way to get to the control room however like after leaving the street and everything I, I'm assuming this is how it actually went like the, the bite happens and then all that shit happens okay and then he says um, Boris and then I'm assuming sorry Jack says this to Boris Boris go to the control room He, uh, we won't get him up we won't get him out of here with the lights on. I'll tend to Laszlo. Then Laszlo chimes in saying, outside the street. <sighs> then it sounds like, okay. Yeah, I'm then at that here. point, Boris is like, okay. So he's <laughs> saying, it's not in here. It's outside of the street. So I leave where I came in. Okay, then at that point, Boris knows to leave. Otherwise, he wouldn't have any yes. idea of where to check. Because the last he heard, Laszlo told mm-hmm. him it's in the city hall. And technically it is, but yeah, that's not how you would get to it. But the city hall is yeah. a fake like front. So, and again, like yeah, and like, yeah. There again, we there definitely need to be like a spot here where this has to be clarified, like this mission, like the sudden change in the mission, because yeah. <laughs> it was very like it, like they stumbled, like they they like flipped off, they flipped down some a set of stairs while trying to explain Pretty this much, part. Because yeah, the last they heard, it's in the city hall. So even if it's not there, the first thing you would assume. Is like okay. I guess it's in one of the other buildings on this street. Let me examine every building. <laughs> or, or first thing you'd you'd say when he's like, we have to get to the control room. He was like, Boris would be like, fuck, because <laughs> he has to go back the way yeah. they came. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had the exact same confusion and issue, and then like I kept, re- I just pushed through it, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it yeah. now. <laughs> but that would have been nice if it had been explained more clearly. Pretty much, yeah. And in a much more straightforward way, and not just like uh, Boris, do the thing. Jack uh, and Boris is just like, "Gotcha, bro!" And then he just went and did the thing without explaining it to yep. the rest of us. <laughs> Pretty much. But I'll continue from that. Okay. 
He was just standing there in the middle of the glowing sphere, watching me as I briefly flew through the air, its eyes and head tracking my movement. So I didn't fully clue in until now. This is when Boris was on his own, jumping from rooftop to rooftop, uh, Sass's creating around. Uh, I didn't fully clue in until just now that the hunter can always see them, regardless of the light or sound. Because if he's up there jumping, there's no light. But his head's still tracking him. Yeah, no, it's the creature is exists in our reality while it's in the light. And then it goes to its other reality while it, when it's not in these light bubbles. So it can see outside well, of the light. My point is, it's seeing him in complete darkness. Yeah, it's probably got some kind of like creepy infrared. Uh, it, this probably is the show. It's like, oh shit, this thing has more sensors inside of it. <laughs> yeah, or if it can't see them, it just has really good um, hearing. Hence why Laszlo was telling them to shut the fuck up before. So it's hearing his footsteps yeah, and jumping. That's why it's tracking him so well. Yeah. And then, but he gets out and then he looks back at him and he says, I worked up the confidence to flick it off before I, uh, before heading towards the exit. It didn't react to that either. First off, wouldn't that be flipping it off? Yeah. It, yeah. And flicking, flipping, flicking the bird, I think is also a, bird, a, a, a saying. I, I, maybe it's it might be a regional thing because I've I've heard I think I've heard flicking, flicking before, might be like but... the under the chin thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But either way, it would have been adorable if it turned its head a little bit after he did that. Like the creature, <laughs> adorable yes. and terrible and terrifying. I, I I think it might have like I, I I'd appreciate that, but it would also like that would kind of ruin the seriousness mm-hmm. of it. It would for sure. Like I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I kind of was like, it's like he flips in the bird. Oh no, you didn't! <laughs> he starts coming at him like through the light. It's like, oh okay, shit! Like, oh really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when we found out it had been toying us the whole time. It came out of the dark. It came out of into the dark. Machine guns like, from oh, his shoulders. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, technically, it did like kind of do that scene. It just a few moments later, like when he's like walking down that hall that's completely lit with the uh, the mm-hmm. special light, and then it just phases through the walls, like, oh hi. <laughs> Speaking of that scene, not that I could explain why, mm-hmm. but the shelf really did stop it in its tracks. It couldn't squeeze through below or above it, so it began to slice into it instead. So, um, first off, that's dumb. Sorry to say. Uh, there's there's no way that this shelf would have stopped it. If it was able to jump three stories tall to try to bite them while it's jumping, like bite, bite them while jumping, yeah. like and it's strong and heavy enough to knock over a a thirty foot tall light standard that's made of metal in two bashes. Yeah. So you're telling me that the weight of a shelf that a human, an injured human, could manage to pull over would be heavy enough that it couldn't just run straight through it. And even so, yeah, even so, I'm not done yet. (laughs) Even so, think about it. Okay. If it's sitting at an angle to the ground, it hit the opposite wall to keep it from falling flat. That's what it said. So if it's low enough Mm -hmm. angle that it couldn't squeeze under, that would mean it'd be able to jump over it. And if it was high enough that it could squeeze under, it would just go under it. So regardless, it would get past it. It it (laughs) And it was said before that this thing is smart enough to think about knocking down a light to move the light in onto its prey. But now it's dumb enough that it can't figure out how to jump over an obstacle. Boston Dynamics robots can do that right now with human tech. 
<laughs> I, with with modern human, with yeah, current human. And I get it that yes. this was done because it's cinematic or whatever, and because Boris needed a chance to survive. Mm-hmm. But it biting and slashing, its biting and slashing power was already established, and this basically just treads over the same ground instead of doing something new and different with it. Yeah, I think what would have been better. Uh, and maybe you have, do you have anything like a way to fix it or like to kind of like make this more logistical? Yeah. Like he pulls the thing over and it just jumps over it. No. Okay. No, I was thinking like in order to slow it down, like to keep, to have, to have that effect of it slowing down, like to give him some time to like, you know, not get killed, like slaughtered um, was like, cause it says like the, the, the hallways rode with these, with these, uh, these shelves. So he puts the, he drops the first one down in a futile attempt to try and stop it. The creature keeps going, smashing into that shelf, which then, starts claw like and and because he just keeps smashing through it he starts clogging up the hallway as like the other ones start getting caught by the uh by the slightly misaligned like shelving units like across the across the hall so like it 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 would slow it down a little bit but like and, but it would also kind of give it a reason of like it's basically it smashes through this thing thing it's no no big deal but then it in it smashing it it also causes a bunch of the other shell like heavy metal shelving units to fall down or topple and get kind of clog up the hallway that, so it, like stopping it from getting through and then it has to like kind of actually like stop and mm-hmm. cut through it that might be a better play maybe for it. well anything's better than what it is cuz basically what what's there is very like hollywood and standard it doesn't really do anything cool yeah cuz like like i said his strength and power was already established by knocking down the light and shredding stuff with its claws and its smartness was already talked about already. But its intelligence would mm-hmm. be enhanced here by being able to see, oh, okay, even though it had a clear line and a path of what to do, even if an obstacle gets in the way, it can compute to get over that instead of just stopping in front of it like a Roomba and having to think about what to do. Okay, initiate slashes. Eh, 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 eh. Okay, go. Like it kind of made it dumber in my eyes. Fair. And then uh, we get to the fuse box. Uh, he says it was a fuse box that I would be, I would be running by. It gave me a chance. My goal was obvious. Risk electrocution by planting the axe blade firmly into it, hopefully shutting off the lights. I don't think he would have a problem with that if it's a wooden-handled axe, because the electricity wouldn't go through the axe handle, right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I sort of was like, sure. <laughs> Let, let's go with that. Let, let's sure. Let's go with that uncertainty. Like, I'm not a. Uh, I, 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 off the top of my head, when I was reading the story, I wasn't sure if that was the case or not. So I just kind of I'm let that in sure the air. That <laughs> conduct electricity. So he'd be quote unquote fine. Like, I, I'm not saying I'm gonna grab an axe and try it myself because it's still sketch. But yeah, yeah. And then after, um, like taking out the fuse box, he says, "I studied myself, getting my breathing in control." Listen to the silence of the long hallway. My dosimeter wasn't complaining anymore either. Kind of wish it was said that at least once during the chase that the dosimeter has been beeping, like was beeping constantly, or maybe even getting louder and louder the closer the uh, the hunter got to him. Because honestly, I forgot that it was beeping yeah. until he said that it stopped. Yeah, which is unfortunate because that would have added to the scene a lot. Then um, he gets to his destination. The door had been broken into. A lock rested on the ground, looking like it had been pried off by the Germans. I assumed that Laszlo had put it there in an attempt to keep them away, keep anyone from um, turning the lights on again. Just our luck, a pair of determined urban explorers decided to intrude on our tour that night. So they managed to rip open a lock 
and yet they didn't have a crowbar or bolt cutters or anything with them. Only snacks and water yeah. they do with their bare fucking hands. Or the axe that like like the axe was still in its like glass containment, like not like the glass hadn't been broken or anything like that, so they nope. didn't use the axe. Yeah, so it was yeah, it's there should have been I think there maybe should have been like a, a crowbar at the like it should have had a no, no, note that there was a crowbar at the foot of the uh, the door or something. They they just like burst that open and then just like left it in either in inside the control room or just outside maybe the Maybe lockpicks were in the uh, backpack. That would work too, maybe just yeah. something cuz at this point they they mm-hmm. wrecked it somehow for reasons. Yeah. Well, it does actually no, it says the lock rested on the ground looking like it had been pried off. But it wasn't picked. It was pried off. So, yeah. So, um, Laszlo's... Or I'll just read the quote. Laszlo's last words to me were accurate. This could barely qualify as a control room. And then, like, two paragraphs later, it says, Laszlo called the room fake, and I could see why. All it had was a giant lever with one function. And to me, I'm like, yeah, one function to control. And it's in a room, which makes it seem like it's a control room. I, it's kind of yeah. a real, not fake control room at all because it controls things in a room. I mean, you're right. Uh, I think, <laughs> I think what he meant. I think what it meant was, um, I, I think what what Laszlo was trying to say there was that like the the room that he's going to like turn off the button, like it's it's not the actual. Uh, it is it is a front for the actual control room, which or, or which is really just that monitoring station in that other compartment. Like but it's a facade room on a facade. Ex- <laughs> yeah, but the control room is in the exact place he said, and it does the exact function he said. It controls it. So where is the fakeness? Well, he was again. He's gurgling, like almost like dying, like kind of bleeding out. So he he just choked out like the control room's fake. It's like that could mean anything. Or that could mean a couple of things. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, although although when you first hear it, it does sound like he's saying like that control room is not real, or it's like it's not it's fake. But it's yeah. like it, it could mean like because again, he's English isn't his, his primary language. It could just be that he's like it was like broken English uh, in his like dying or his half dying state, um, and he was just trying to say it's like it's a front, <laughs> like the 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 control room's yeah. a front. <laughs> so but it's and- not. It is though. Well, <laughs> you also have to question whether or not Laszlo was just trying to prevent uh, him from going to the control room because it wouldn't necessarily turn off the lights. Um, because the lights in the warehouse section were would still be on potentially. Oh, okay. So, like, I mean. It, it does turn off light, but I, I see what you mean. Like he doesn't he, like, he's basically just telling him like maybe trying to dissuade him from just going and just like, just escape, just leave them to their fate sort of thing. Well, or maybe. to find another source of electricity, which he does with a different fuse panel. Yeah. And which, then which, that disables the lights in the warehouse, which gives them an escape route. Yeah. But the guys because, inside the, um, inside the warehouse, like, inside the interior warehouse, like, where all the, 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 the fake downtown is, they're still not safe because the lights in there are fine. <laughs> yeah, so, well, the way you could see it is that uh, Laszlo is warning him not to do the um, control room first, because if he 
went to the control room mm. first and turned it off, then he would be blocked from getting to that fuse box. Yeah. Because yeah. the creature would be there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. So. Why would he be there? I don't understand. Well, because he'd, even though, like, the light, because the, like, he'd, he'd do exactly what he did in the in the story, which is pass through the walls because those lights are on, so he's able to, like, pat, like uh, affect that part of the reality and and cross into the, the outer warehouse, so. I don't know, I just found this whole thing weird. Okay, fair enough. The whole fake thing, like, I, I remember writing down somewhere specifically, like, what he sh- would have said in that situation realistically, and I can't seem to find it because I have a million notes. Um, it was under grammar somewhere. Uh, well, regardless, I feel like he'd be saying something like, um, like in his dying words, like he needs to say something that's actually useful. Cause at this point, as far as my brain can understand it, which is very little, apparently um, him saying room, the room fake or whatever what the hell it was. Um, was completely useless and it didn't say anything, didn't give him any information. And I, I will, I will give you that because like I, it wasn't until like just while we're having this conversation that I kind of for, like formulated that, like a rationale basically to counter you. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's how my brain fucking works is like, I have to be contrary. Of course. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, what I did think it was odd. Like he said, like the the control room is fake. It's like so this is a fucking fool's errand. When I was reading the story, like that's what I was, I was like. So this is going to end badly for everyone. Yeah, like but even then, if he goes to the control room, it doesn't do anything. Except it, yeah. exactly does do things. So it's not fake. <laughs> well, <laughs> what he should have said, it, yes, he yeah. should have said when he was dying, isn't control room fake? He should have said something like, um, "Control room at the cinema." Because at that point, he had no idea where the hell he was going. Well, the control room's not at the cinema, though. Wasn't it? I thought it was like the, no, it's... the side door at the cinema. <laughs> no, he, has, well, he, he had to get out. To that's, how he, no, that's how he got out. But then he had to run around the entire, um, like, in, inner... He had to run, uh, like, so he had to run through the corridors of the exterior warehouse along the interior one to get to the to the city hall, where, or, like, where the control room was on the other end. Like, basically, the the, the entrance to the control room that is on that second floor of that of that city hall which is the opposite side of the of where the cinema is yeah. um he had to run around the built like the uh the the uh the enclosure basically to yeah, get to there i, I remember yeah. what i oh there it is um he should have said um actually no i lost it again fuck oh there it is um i said this in a previous note um but he should have said something like outside the street like in regards to telling him where to go to get it, to get to it, because up up to that point, yeah. Um, if Boris was like, "Okay, I have to get to the control room," he said that the control room is at City Hall, so I'll run back to City Hall down the street, and then he would get there and be like, <laughs> "I can't get in." Okay, I guess it's in a different room. I'll I guess check I'm every dead. Every building along the way and die. Yeah, like he just magically knew I have to get outside because the control room is outside. I can only access it from outside, even though I was told otherwise. That's my yeah, whole this gripe with this problem with this section here. Yeah, uh, I think I think it also like it adds to our whole idea of like they just know exactly where to go, like, and they don't tell the reader. <laughs> yeah, just for reasons. Um, but I, I still I still think now that like I'm thinking of it, 
that the like when he said like control room fake it wasn't that like the control room isn't where you need to go i think it was like the control room that is behind the facade of the of the of the city hall is also a facade for another for the actual control room or the monitoring room <laughs> i think that's what he was saying but like but they I, like again like that control room he just pointed at it it's like it's in there somewhere yeah I, again like and when he got there, like, he, when he got there, he was actually looking out that window down the street. So no, no, I I get that. Like <laughs> I I mean, like it's behind. Like it's like what? Also, we're thinking about this as if like Laszlo is speaking coherent. Like should be speaking coherently. I'm sorry if your if your hand has been ripped off of your off of your body and you're losing a lot of blood. You're in shock. You're not going to be thinking straight. You're not going to be saying things like coherently. <laughs> so it's amazing it's that he story. said anything at all. And so just like a blood girl. This is a story about a giant uh, robot that can interact between two different dimensions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the story is still grounded in reality, our reality, aside from like the one sci- the one sci-fi element that's in it. <laughs> okay, and so in like, that reality, um, if Laszlo was speaking incoherently and saying random shit that didn't make sense, he wouldn't be saying twice in a row, like I just said, that his last words were accurate. I, this could barely qualify as a control room. It is a control room. His last words were inaccurate. It's not fake. It's real. It works. It doesn't matter if it's just one lever. Okay. It controls. All right. All right. <laughs> I will. I will concede. Okay. Let's just agree to disagree on this because we'll be here forever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. This is my thing. I agree with you. Like, it's it just at the same time I'm playing devil's advocate that like. What he said isn't what we thought it meant. Fair. Because words say, can mean things differently. I understand that. Moving on. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. I searched the room's walls. Oh, this is in regards to like the secret room at back, I guess. I searched the room's walls, looked under its ugly yellow rug. Oh, excuse me. That rug is yellow, which by <laughs> default is not ugly. So screw it. Gamer immediately hates this story. No, I hate Boris. He has very terrible taste. Oh, oh. <laughs> how dare you? He shat on the uh, um, the the pale yellow golf that Laszlo was driving. Now he's shitting on this yellow rug. He's just hey, anti-yellow. We can't all like yellow. Why not? Because. So um, then they get Laszlo out and all that. When Laszlo was discharged and we brought him back home, seemed to be in high spirits considering uh missing half missing a hand and half an arm had barely phased the guy he was gonna use some of the cash he got from raiding the warehouse to buy a quote-unquote badass prosthetic and to me i'm like hell yeah okay he sounds like a shadow runner to me now yeah legit sorry mikey (laughs) yeah sorry mikey (laughs) he's like i lost an arm whatever i'll just buy a cybernetic yep uh next one but we understood his own need for secrecy he knew he either needed to keep his findings to himself for all time or pass them on to someone he could fully trust. He didn't want his discoveries to be tracked back to him and uh, get himself tracked down. That's a problem now, because um, in a town of 400 people, it could be very easy to find a cocky, badass, prosthetic, lower-arm guy who drives a yellow golf with stickers all over the back. <laughs> Probably yep. should have redacted a lot of that information. Who, 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 who uh, frequents the only bakery in town? Yeah, <laughs> someone reads like, the story and just finds that town. I don't think they name drop the town, but okay, they don't name drop the town. But if the shadow organization like knows about like all this shit, like all these like 
artifacts and, and places and sites and stuff like that, they're going to know the one fucking small town next to the liminal warehouse in the yeah. middle of the Ukrainian woods. Yeah. <laughs> so Laszlo's dead. Yeah, so Laszlo, Laszlo needs to go on the lamp. Like, so that's that's where he, he drove off. It's like, well, it's like uh, he wasn't driving back home. He was just driving because now he's on the lamp. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> then in a follow-up email to the attachment from Tyler to Boris, he says, freaking hell, Boris. I had no idea it went down like that. I got more questions, but I'll keep them just between us and not post them on the website. I'm still trying to make sense of your experience, but I think I have a good title for the story that doesn't, really give away the surprise of its main quote-unquote villain. Um, it kind of seems like, at this point, Tyler's more interested in storytelling than the survival or helping people at, at this point. Yeah, you know what this feels like? It, it feels like um, like a Call of Cthulhu game <laughs> where you're all playing, the players are all playing journalists, and your fixer, sorry Mikey, <laughs> <laughs> um, or like your, your contact, or the person that sends you off um, to do to go to, like check out these like weird places and deal with these weird monsters and stuff of like that. Um, for the story, is your editor at your at, at your at the at the uh, editorial that you work for? Yeah, <laughs> like this feels very much like a pulpy like like Tyler is like the the edit the the editor and publisher of the articles that uh, his his uh, his journalists and uh, and photographers out in the field are like risking their lives to get. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> 100% what it is. I mean, granted, yeah, that's what it, yeah. granted he's a quote-unquote kid, so he can't do much else yeah, aside like from that, but... Yeah. Still. Young adult at best. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> then it says, uh, I'll read this story a few more times, whip up some, some of my crap yard, and get it on the site by the end of the month. And um, then I'm like, oh... Damn it! In Heroes, I was about to criticize the art that was on Creepypasta.fandom, <laughs> uh, but I, I suppose it's fine now because Tyler did it. It's not meant to be realistic. <laughs> However, in hindsight, that isn't even the right art. Tyler did not yeah. do that art. Someone else did that art. Um, Unless he did it later, which or like he had somebody else commission. Again, we don't know if if the art if the uh, I think it's Digigecko on. Creepypasta.wiki. Yeah, we don't know if Digigecko on Creepypasta.wiki is the same person that runs the Cold Relic site. They might just be posting them on the on, on Creepypasta.wiki. Which, given that we had it, that there was a recent like purge of like content on the wiki page that wasn't by original um, posters, uh, it's it's relatively safe to assume, not a guarantee, yeah. that Digigecko is the same person that runs the Cold Relic stuff. Mm. Uh, and if there is any kind of like if if we're wrong on that, or if there's like if somebody would like to correct us in any way of that, they can contact us on our web uh, via our email, which I will um, drop at the end of the episode. Indeed. And um, in regards to the art, I kind of wish <laughs> that the creature wasn't drawn at all, especially considering he just said he was concerned <laughs> what to call the story without spoiling what the the villain was, and then he goes ahead and draws the damn thing and puts it up at the start of the story. <laughs> It, it, yeah, that's the only thing I want to double check. Is the cold relic? Does the cold relic story, uh, like version, have the image at the very beginning? I don't know. I didn't read that one. I'm, I'm double checking right now. Actually, I'm pulling. I've pulled up uh, cold relics. Uh, yeah, no, it's right there at the very top of the of the page. Like, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe if that had gone at the very bottom, like as like, because like the, like he's done that before. He has an image at the bottom of the page that just sh that, but it shows the. Uh, 
um, it shows like a uh, a crappy like a, Tyler's words, a crappy sketch <laughs> of uh, of the of the enclosure of the uh, of the of the the, the move the, the 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 downtown area, but with like a uh, kind of a bubble that does signify that it's like enclosed. Like that should have been at the top, yes. and the monster should have been at the bottom. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, that should be switched. Yeah, and then the the other one on Creepypasta it's has a quote unquote realistic y sort of silhouette with giant cartoony red glowy eyes. Long story short, I wish he wasn't there. <laughs> Unfortunately, <Yeah>. like I <laughs> I like the yeah. look of the street and seeing the the bubbles and everything. That's good, but seeing it yeah spoils it. Yeah, honestly, like I feel like the creature should not be in any of these images. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm fine with the, the crappy sketch at the end, but it has to be at the end. Yeah, exactly. Because if you go in knowing what it is, then the reader isn't surprised at the same time that the characters are, because they know what yeah. it is going in. Yeah, yeah. Like the the imagery of the location itself is fine because it helps. Kind, it, it, it's it's not not it's uh, sort of like a, a support image. Yeah. And then my last notes when I read this line. Uh, this is just what I thought, but the line is um, the dust in the warehouse contained an abundance of elements. Abundance of elements that bombs? What? That should be changed a bit. Like, grammar-wise. The dust in the warehouse contained an abundance of elements. Oh, no, okay. That bombs of both countries would have left behind. Both of them. So, it kind of... When I, when I read that, it made me think that like the US and Russia were making nuclear-powered robots to fight to the death in this arena. And the hunter like won and killed everyone. That could be an interesting like play. Like it, it wasn't like because my my go to was that it's the, this the this thing comes from a, a reality where it's just a, a, a global wasteland yes. of like nuclear fallout and stuff, which is awesome. Um, like with like the Terminator uh, Dark Future, but this yours is a lot more is a lot more like down like downscaled, but like still kind of horrific and terrifying because like they have these like phasing like out of phase reality robot like nuclear robots Mm -hmm. (laughs) like oh my god (laughs) like this is how like this is why russia and america didn't go to war in the cold war they set up a the most extreme fucking robot wars yes (laughs) like robot wars isn't like that that tv show or that that those tournaments that people have where like they create like death robots to fight each other like they're like they're like little like death roombas yes (laughs) that like they can remote control i was literally watching some of those like two or three days ago (laughs) this morning honestly (laughs) very nice but yeah i i like that idea just like yeah (laughs) they they created this arena to like fight like to see to see which uh, which country's robot was better, and then they got uh, one of them like took out the other ones, and then took out all the the people that were spectating and yeah. stuff. But, uh, because they th- because they have this like it, maybe the phasing thing is like actually like a, like a precautionary like it's like a backup thing that they they developed after they realized they could develop this kind of weird lighting, this like weird phase light. Maybe or the hunter is the Ukrainian robot, so like the American robot came over to battle it. And this is yeah. his home turf with his weird um, supernatural phasing power hooked up through the lights and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, that's... it's just G Gundam. <laughs> A little bit. You, you know what G Gundam is, right? I know what Gundam is. G Gundam is the is the Gundam anime series where like it's basically a tournament series uh where every country has a Gundam and they're very stereotypically that country <laughs> like oh, Gundam. so it's like Street Fighter it's the, the it's Gundam the, kind of yeah like there's like 
in, in G Gundam, there's a, there's literally a Gundam from Mexico that is a, has a sombrero, a poncho, and and then there's like yeah, and then there's like one from like Holland or from like the Netherlands that like is is basically just a, a windmill Gundam. Of course. <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's like, like some of them are like it's like it's it's, it's kind of like super racist, basically. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's like it is racist. Yeah. <laughs> like it's racial, it's it's racial stereotype. The Gundams. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I can't have that out of my head now, too. Damn it. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, but like what I was going at was like each one, like each mech from like or each robot from uh from their countries, like they're all they're all nuclear powered because like, that was the best power source at the time. Yeah. Um, but they all have like a different like gimmick. Mm-hmm. And like the the Ukrainian or the Russian one or the Soviet one is is a fa- is has like phasing tech when the when with when these light bubbles are introduced. Nope. Seems yeah. legit. And that's the end of my notes. Okay. Then I suppose we'll move on to final thoughts. Uh I, I really enjoyed this entry. Um no surprise. I, I li- I've liked a lot of the Cold Relic stories because I like the the stories like how they how the stories tackle these like antiquated or anachronistic pieces of technology that have like fringe science to them or even like super preternatural powers to them. Yeah, old technology um, like killer robots. Yeah. Well <laughs> no, I meant like anachronistic, like because like again, like it's Cold War era like advanced cybernetics and robots. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> With, like I'm phasing tech and shit. I know. <laughs> um denied. <laughs> uh but anyway, um yeah, it had a had a bit of a, a cinematic narrative flair to it, um, like in parts. Uh but and and by that I mean like there were some survival horror movie beats that throughout it that I caught, like when they were trapped inside the bookstore and some of that, and they were like, all right, let's share our let's share our like the reasons for why we're here and some of that. That's that's straight out of like a horror like the, the crew is like stuck for for a for a beat in the in the movie yep. because like the monsters like stalking them or like they're and they're trapped in like a room or in like some kind of cave or something like that and so they decide to start sharing each other's like their, their hopes and dreams because they the 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 filmmakers want the audience to care about these characters right before they get like mauled or killed yes <laughs> um that kind of those kind of like cinematic beats to it uh, and even like when the 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 german uh the germans show up mm-hmm. <laughs> and um uh and get killed off like oh they were clearly here to 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 uh showcase the monster's intro. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, they're the like that kind of stuff. Before the credits. Exactly. Like they're even like they're they're drunk characters, they're like goofing off their asshole kind of like because they're just like a bunch of like punk punk tourists with uh GoPros. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're that guy who gets killed in the movie. <laughs> um and yeah like the the whole idea of this mechanical creature and perhaps our what we've what we've kind of built up in our heads based on like what has been presented this like from it's it's from possibly from some alternate history that's bleeding into this warehouse because of this weird like light phasing tech that they have it, it got me really excited as i was reading like i don't think there was a point in this story where i i didn't want to keep reading um like i just kept wanting to read more to find out what was going on and how things were going to play out because i knew that boris wasn't going to die but i was kind of concerned for laszlo and and jack to a degree <laughs> Well, I knew um, Jack wasn't going to die because it said early on that Jack doesn't want anything to do with this anymore. Like in the pre- no, that... signal interrupt or whatever. Oh, see, I thought... Hmm, okay, you're right. I, mu- I must have I must have skipped that because I thought that was... Uh... 
You also uh, said I thought earlier, that was something from before. You also said earlier yeah. that you thought Jack was an entirely new character here to be killed. Yeah, because that that is something against it. Is like I I complete like they didn't even like try to like explain where Jack came from. They just sort of not until like halfway through the story. It's like when they're talking about like what they're doing. It's like Jack's from the Florida from from Florida. I.e., he's from the Kitty Land story, right? Yeah. I thought you were a completely different. I had like so many notes I had to remove mm-hmm. about Jack because like I had a bunch of like theories I was speculating, and then I was like, oh, I can just remove all these. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I guess that might be points against it, but other ultimately, this story for me was really fun, and I I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it's got some problems uh, that could be easily like worked out and fixed, uh, but I'm going to recommend it because I really enjoyed it, and I'm interested to see uh, now that we know that like our hero woke up two years ago. <laughs> yeah. From the story being posted, that like I'm curious to see what happens next. <laughs> you figure they would jump on that, yeah. Like the characters themselves be like, "Oh fuck, he's up. We need to go talk to Redacted well, and see what's going on." It it makes me wonder because like they they seem to like have like oh like that incident like it almost it, they're almost like treating it like some kind of incident happened when he woke up. So maybe he maybe our hero is still not around, or maybe he's like maybe something bad happened when he woke up. Which obviously it did because otherwise it wouldn't be a whole story <laughs> that's coming up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, for this story, Liminal Warehouse, I am uh, I review cultist will recommend it. So, Mikey, these stands for evil. Okay, well, um, uh, my my notes here. Uh, so this is a good action pasta. Yeah. Um. I personally didn't really get really creeped out by it, probably because overanalyzing a really long story. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, the the creature is neat, and it's interesting that there's something stopping it from getting into our world, yet it can take things into its world. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that is ca- well. It's again like that light is some weird anomaly. <laughs> yeah, like if someone yeah. goes in that light, you're in its dimension, so it can grab you and keep you there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that is a good point. Well, and yeah. here's the, here's another interesting thing about that. Um, it's never described that the warehouse on the outside has windows, so like. Maybe it is a like sort of a situation of like sunlight is actually like what well, like part like like any like sunlight is power maybe even powerful enough for this thing to uh to uh interact with our world. So like dur- oh god that would be like during the day like if this thing ever broke out like it would be a menace during the day but like at night you're safe because there there's no yeah uh like the light it, it's it's out of phase basically if it's up for that sort of light which i don't think it is yeah. because it only attacked no. boris in that second area outside the dome because those fluorescent lights also had the weird um bulbs in them too yeah well, and, that, and that's what i was also saying like like yeah it, it might it might just be that it needs those special lights in which case like it is good that this story kind of creates this um contained problem <laughs> mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what it is yeah 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 it, it's so overall i'm gonna give this a recommendation uh just because it is an entertaining read even though it is a long read yeah um it 
I love how we 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 like we we criticize stories for being too short. We criticize stories for being too long. <laughs> there was a happy medium, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's a recommendation for me. Okay. Uh, and gamer. In regards to the length of the stories, by the way, I, th- mm-hmm. I I can only speak for myself, but I prefer reading an extremely long story compared to short ones. Because generally speaking, if there's that much effort put into the story, there's a damn good reason. That's fair. All I mean, the really long ones. Yeah. We've enjoyed to a degree, like Baraska and um, I Dare My Best Friend of Ruin My Life and all that. Those are all long stories, yeah. multi-parters. But they were good I because feel, of them. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we should also point out, like, when we when we bitch about long stories, it's more on us because we have to read it within a weekly time limit time frame mm. for for a show, and like we all have lives outside of this podcast, so yeah, yeah like that that's that's more like the criticism of of length of stories, like when it gets like when the stories are really long, and we if it sounds like we're we're complaining that these stories are really long, it's more or less like it's not really a complaint of the story; it's just like our our allotted time out of out of podcast or off show, uh, off recording, where we have to actually re- read the story and research it and stuff like that, or like, and like take our notes and such. So yeah, like you have cultist things to do. I have ninja things to do. Mikey has mm-hmm. other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So just, just, I, I feel like we should put that into context, like yes. why we bitch about, about lengths of stories sometimes. Cause I feel like we do some, I feel like every log story that we come across, like we, we are, we, May not say directly, but we maybe sometimes insinuate it in our in our discussions. <laughs> like it's a bad thing, yeah, yeah. And it really isn't a bad thing in terms of the story itself. It's just kind of our own like that's where our head is at because of of the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. Either way, I'll move on to my recommendation now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a long one, but I I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. Um, I'm agreeing with you guys with that. It wasn't too slow of a start. I like the characters. Um, I'm glad I was wrong, assuming that Lazlo would be a poser and be useless. Like, he was actually cool and useful. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I liked the use of light being danger and the shadow being the safety part, which is cool. And um, It's a nice change. <clears throat> and uh, it connected quite well, and it was fun. Especially since, like, I'm a lover of stealth games in general. And I've I've been recently playing, like, Origami 2 where you're an undead shadow ninja and such, like hiding in the shadows and the the light is the dangerous area. So it kind of hit home a little bit, even more so there. Yeah. Uh, like it, it does. Like if this was to be a video game, if somebody was to make this into an indie video game, it would 100% be like a parkourish stealth game. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Like amnesia style where like you don't fight them, you avoid them or die. You avoid them, maybe have to solve a puzzle in order to get by them or to like to to, to stop them from progressing at you. Yes. But that's about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, the monster was badass and well portrayed, um, like the way visually and all that and, and all that. However, um, that brings me to the negatives here. So the hunter, the... Uh, was he a tiger? They referred to him as the tiger. I, I refer. Yeah, it was. It was just described as like being 
roughly shaped like a tiger in size wise too. Yes, but they referred to him as a hunter, so that's what I was calling him. Regardless, mm-hmm. um, yep. he was per- perfectly described for me. Um, everything was great until he left the street, in my opinion, because uh, that chase in the hallway, the the shelf stopping it, it was so ridiculous. It, it seemed really dumb to me. And as I yeah. said before, in my notes about all this, like I've already said all that, so I don't need to tread over the same <laughs> ground. Um, but like there was like the huge confusion about the plan about what they were doing. Like he just magically knew exactly where to go to get to the, um, uh, the quote unquote fake control room. I won't open that wound. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and how he knew exactly where to look for it and all that. It was all poorly described and confusing. But other than that, though, it was a solid story and I recommend it. Mm-hmm. It's just a shame that it was like so close to being a perfect story for me. Like a couple little tweaks. Like I say they're little tweaks. They are small tweaks, but they do a big impact because you literally just change yeah. slightly what Laszlo says as he's dying or um, change the, the the chase scene at the end so it, the robot doesn't seem as dumb. It would be, dare say, dare I say rather, better than who was phone? If it was... No. It, it could be. <laughs> It has the potential. Yes, yeah. Because I really liked yeah. it. Because I know, um, Mikey said that he wasn't really too scared about it. And I, ne- I wasn't necessarily scared, I guess, per se, but it was tense the entire time. You know what this is? Like, again, and I, was, I was thinking about bringing it up, but I decided not to. But fuck it, I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. This is a thriller. <laughs> like, this is what happens when horror and action come together. Yes. This, like that's it's a thriller pasta because and it's it's similar in some of the the action pastas we we've called them action pastas in the past but I mean they're they're also kind of technically thrillers because they have elements of horror but like the action kind of dampens that like the the full fear effect that horror has and turns it into a thriller because there's tense adrenaline like moments in it mm-hmm. that are also like like because again you're worried like I think that's the sense like thrillers like horror gives you a sense of a fear action gives you a sense of thrill or a sense of uh, excitement and a thriller which is something in between gives you a sense of worry for what's going about to happen like they they, they it, it tries to like thread that needle of like balance between the two genres mm-hmm. yeah i think it does it quite well it's just there was those couple of things that really yeah really hit <laughs> me hard and pissed me off <laughs> really irked you yeah. like really grind your gears yeah that's a <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I'll I'll recommend it. Okay, um, and I suppose that'll be this week's episode. So if you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below, or this gets posted, whether it be on Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, or Tumblr. You can also send us emails at aldenterigamortis at gmail dot com. That's a l d e n t e r i g a m o r t i s at gmail dot com. Where you can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas scps spooky things on the internet you creep it we'll peep it yeah, yeah. and uh you can also talk to us on twitter mikey is at the east ends for evil the gamer in yellow is at the gamer in yellow but without that w because his name is very long i don't have a choice anymore no for the bit. uh and i'm at review cultist and if you'd like to help support our show financially you can go to patreon look up al dente rigamortis and select the backer tier you'd like to support us at we have two dollar and five dollar tier with special episodes, early access, extra content. To our patrons that are helping support the show, thank you guys immensely. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay, and we very much appreciate that. 
And to our listeners and the authors of these stories, thank you also, because without your listenership, it would be like screaming into the non-existent darkness, grasping for the light that makes us solid again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you weren't writing these stories and posting them on your own websites or sharing them on a creeppost.wiki or Reddit No Sleep or what have you, we really wouldn't have much of a show because we'd have nothing to fucking talk about. So thank you. Thank you. So fucking pumped. So, <laughs> um, until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. I'm Mikey. The E stands for evil. And I'm the gamer in yellow. And this has been Al Dente Rigamortis. Sleep well.